We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is, well, he's not here. Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I discuss new movies weekly. However, every now and then we like to have these special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun commentary tracks or something a little bit different. And this is our commentary track for May of 2018. And this month sees the release of a new Star Wars movie, Solo, colon, A Star Wars Story, and because of that, that means that we do a Star Wars commentary track. That means Christmas has literally come early because this year we're doing a May release. Um, so with that, to, we've been kind of jumping back and forth between uh, trilogies. We're kind of going between uh, the original trilogy and prequel trilogy. And since we lasted Empire Strikes Back, I didn't think ahead and figured, well, we'd probably do Revenge of the Sith next. But since we're talking about Solo in a couple weeks here... We figured, well, we might as well do the last movie that featured Han Solo, Chewbacca, and Lando, which is, of course, Return of the Jedi. Uh, so that's exactly what we're doing for this commentary track, which you should already know because you already clicked this podcast and here we are. Unless you just like going in blind, then, you know, for one thing, cool, that's a neat idea. I'd like to do that, too. But also, good, good on you. You're here. Uh, we're, that's what we're discussing, Return of the Jedi. And joining us to, joining me to discuss, uh, to do a commentary track for Return of the Jedi this week, we have... From Wise Salu and the Cult Cinema Cavalcade podcast, dialing in, dialing in straight from the Sarlacc pit, it's Brandon Peters. Ready to uh, Jedi Rock. <laughs> and also joining us from Endor Express, he's always thinking with his stomach, it's David, yeah? I'm ready to lap the neck. Okay. All right. And Cy Snoodles on drums. I don't know. Um, all right. Let's, <laughs> how are you guys doing tonight? <laughs> Terrific. Doing good. Good, good. No, glad to have you guys here. Uh, the Star Wars commentaries... I mean, all of them are fun. The Star Wars commentaries tend to be a lot of fun, because it's a lot of like, hey, there's this thing that we've watched like hundreds of times that we're talking about now. Um, but yeah, this this should be fun uh, to go over the, the third chapter in the original trilogy. Um, a lot to cover, and fortunately the movie is plenty long, so we'll be able to cover a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, that's the plan. For those of you that have not listened to commentary tracks before, when we do these, basically Brandon, David, and I all have the movie paused at a certain time. In this case, it is five seconds in. On For me, it's on the Blu-ray. And on the sound, I'm going to count down from three, and on the sound of go, we're all going to press play. We're just going to talk over the movie. Um, so if you're planning to watch the movie and listen to us, cool. That's It's great that you've decided that you know we're worth doing that for. Um, but yeah, that's how you do it. Um, if you're just listening because, hey, I like this show and I want to listen to these guys talk about Return of the Jedi, you have to do nothing else except press play, and you've already done that, so you're already halfway there. Uh, so yeah, that's what we're going to do. I'm going to count down, we're going to start the movie, and just start talking about Return of the Jedi. You guys ready? Yep. Ready. Cool beans. Okay, let's do this. Three, two, one, go. Yeah. We were just talking about this we're off completing mic. Completing the original trilogy. Yeah, but we were just we were talking about hearing the the Fox fanfare again. It's a it's something we don't get these days. Mm-hmm. So right into it. Return of the Jedi. Um, I I was thinking about this as I was preparing to do this podcast, and because I know and David, I know particularly you're a, you enjoy talking about kind of the scores of these films, John Williams' work on the on these different chapters. What's your favorite? overall like what's your favorite uh, williams star wars score wow that's that's heavy that's a deep cut because there is uh there's essences of all of them that are kind of amazing i really do like 
The Last Jedi a lot more right now, probably maybe because it's newer, but uh, I think, but starting with Empire Strikes Back, you know, he really took it to another level. And actually, from from the uh, prequels, I actually really like the Phantom Menace score the best because it seems to be a hundred percent original rather than you know piecemealed in the second and the third. I would agree with that. Yeah. 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 Although the second and third do have strong individual, like would you call them singles <laughs> from <laughs> from this guy? I know on MTV they used to play them like that. Um, they made music videos from, but like the what, uh, what, Across the Stars and the uh, what's the the last or the Revenge of the Sith one where they fight the duel uh, of the, the, the battle, 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 battle of the, the heroes. Of the heroes. Yeah. I, I like to call it. Then they fight a lot. That's that's what I call that. Yeah. One. But, uh, yeah. See, like you know, across, we've talked. Yeah, yeah. mm-hmm. oh. I was just gonna say we've, ta- gonna we've say talked about the scores a lot with these, obviously, yeah. and um, I think I've remarked before how like across the stars just doesn't do much for me <laughs> it's just like it's like all right that's fine it's not the same way that you guys i know revere it a little bit more what are you gonna say about last jedi well i was gonna say like the last jedi works as its like own work but he naturally and comfortably weaves in like classic hits throughout it which i like a lot in that score but they feel fresh and like new again and one of my favorite moments in the film is the part where <clears throat> where ray and chewie come to the rescue on crate and then they go into the the crystal tunnel and he hits that classic um oh, what's it called it's Moment like a re- rebel yeah the rebel yeah like it's kind of uh where i want i just like want to jump out of my seat and be like yes because they come to the rescue and then they have that cool little uh, adventure inspired by star tours um, mm-hmm. but it's yes. one of my favorite moments in the movie and every time i watch it i get that just like pumped and then I, the score has a lot to do with that as much as i um love the last jedi and by the way we're a pro last jedi podcast um i've i really want to watch the film with that isolated score soundtrack because i just i have oh, yeah. as much as i like the score i haven't listened to it on its own i don't have the score i haven't listened to it on its own and as much as i recognize like a lot of the themes he pulled out of force awakens and obviously some recognizable beats from you know past i i, I really want to just like really take that score in someday so i, I do plan to do that at some point uh, back to Return of Jedi really fast. Yeah, I know, Holy right? Holy crap. Uh, <laughs> Matt, Matt paintings. There's a lot of them. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. This movie had a budget. <laughs> like, they all do. But it's like, hey, it was self-financed, by the way. Luke is paid for this movie just like Empire, which is like, it's it's neat to, it's neat to know that. <laughs> it's like, I've had right. so much success in this because of toys that I can just finance the sequels to these movies. But it, it's 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 amazing how crystal clear it is now that they're paintings and not, you know, backgrounds. For sure, it does. But it, it, does, it doesn't ruin it in any way, I, though. Either. No, I it always love the look of a good matte painting. Like, oh yeah, I, I I don't know. I love watching these old, like you know, these older shout releases that come out, and just like retro films in general that get these nice releases because and just admiring the kind of matte paintings and even saying out loud, "Oh, there's a nice matte painting," just and not like as a way of pointing, you know, poking fun at it. But just uh, just admiring the fact that this is a really cool thing that I'm watching at right now, but that, that they needed to use as far as making this production work. I think this uh, this moment with uh, Grand Moff Jerjerod and Darth Vader. Oh, I know the uh, names. Say, oh, okay. Say, <laughs> some of the yeah. <laughs> some of the most go you know, cosplay him, why don't you? Yeah, uh, very quotable. All this, like you know, double our efforts and all that. Oh yeah, I love this. Say, uh, one of my favorite uh, Vader lines is, I'm here to get you back on schedule. <laughs> well, I like how in, e- in the original trilogy, in each one, Darth Vader's voice gets a little deeper and more sinister and, like, better, like, more, um, 
third produced. Like, and the first one, he's like this. And then the second one, he's a little more thin. And this one's going to a little more echoey. Mm-hmm. This thing. Wipe. Uh, but I do I I like that it like right away we set the stage for what's to come and as far as like oh yeah that's right <laughs> that Darth Vader's still out there and he's mad <laughs> he wants to do stuff and the Emperor's gonna be involved nice foreshadowing there's like oh that guy's gonna show up that we've talked about before and and, and there was a level of more creepy mysteriousness about who's the Emperor in this but mm-hmm. you know now that we've seen the prequels he's kind of like well he's got a cackling fool uh, um, I'm, I'm curious none of us are. None of us saw this in theaters, correct? None of us that old, right? Or, or... I was, I was two, I was, I was a, a one year old. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I did not see it in a theater. No. So I'm curious, like, I'm curious if anyone remembers like the marketing enough or whatnot to know. Did we see the Emperor at all in like the build up to this movie, or like was that the surprise when people saw it in theaters for the first time? It's like, oh, oh no, I think they, I think they had toys and they showed him. I mean, things and... were kind of fearless then because you know you had to go to a theater to see trailers and the TV spots were really quick and. Mm-hmm. VCRs weren't too big to sit and analyze, and it's not like you could go frame by frame on them. So you could have stuff from the third act and something, and no one remembered or noticed. Yeah, yeah. It, it wasn't very exciting to color him in a coloring book either. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I got some subtitles here. I'd love to know the life of this ball droid that lives in the door. <laughs> like, right. is, is, is the, are there other ones in like other parts of the door? Can yeah, they, are can, there other circles that can, come out? Can they roam freely within the door, or is he just stuck there? What if they came up to the door closer to the left side? Right? That's why, yeah, I wonder if there's more <laughs> ball droids in the door. Does he have a? I clearly he has a personality. Does he? Does he feel? Does he feel lonely that he doesn't get to? I like this. I like to know what Spider Droid does in the background. By the way, there's a uh, lot of a lot of things. Of, people can't a lot well, of. Speaking of Spider Droid, did you guys ever play the Super Nintendo series of the games? Yeah, the Super uh, Star Wars. There games. were there were bad guys in these. And I'm like, where'd they get that? And then I'll see in the background, like, oh wow, he really was from the. <laughs> and, and that's named is Bomar Monk, by the way. Doesn't matter right now because my hero here, Bib Fortuna, just walked on the frame. <laughs> the Jabba Nobada. There's only one. When's, when's Fortuna a Star Wars story coming, huh? That's uh, that's what I'm about to say. There's only one prequel story that I actually want to see, and it's Bib Fortuna, a Star Wars story. Mm-hmm. I want to hear all about him. I want to know about it. did he used to have three things on the back of his head? Now he just has two. Like I want to know everything. <laughs> well, this is the first the, Twi'lek, the... Twi'lek guy we've seen, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And, and the film ends with a knocking around. at the door. <laughs> Jesus. I like that they make him like this elaborate design, and they're like, you know what? Let's give him some gloves, too, just for good measure. <laughs> but hobo style with the fingers. Exactly. Well, he has big fingernails, you know. So it wasn't until, you know, the internet that I ever discovered that people didn't like this movie. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. It wasn't until then, like... This was a jump ship moment for, you know, Star Wars fan base. But it was also the end, of, end of the ship, too. So it's not like they really had much left to really complain about. It was like that that was it. There was no more. Oh, look, there's the hypnotone. I, I thought it was a satisfying conclusion. <laughs> I still think it is. Yeah, girl, I think we talked about this in Empire. Growing up when you're a child, this was my favorite Star Wars movie. It's like, this yeah. is just so much fun and everything works out for everybody. Why would I not yeah. like this movie? <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. It's got a lot of crazy things. There's fun bears in there, and there's a great space battle and lightsaber stuff and Yoda's battle. Like it has every like 
it, it has like an excess of stuff going on where you're like speeder bikes like what ah, everything's here like why would i not it's not dark at the end like well i mean it does retain a lot of the darkness of empire so with empire beforehand and you're a child you're like oh man this might not end up how i like it and i mean the stuff with luke vader and the emperor is very dark it is, but like I guess I don't like compared to Empire. I, something about just the, and I guess the layering of different actions that are going on, where you have like cuddly bears and stuff in the forest, mm-hmm. and Lando and Nia Nub hanging out in space, and you know all this stuff at the beginning. There's a, it doesn't like it doesn't feel like the the rebels and the you know the rebellion is being like pushed to its limits in the same way they do mm-hmm. in Empire. Yeah, I never yeah. had a feeling that anyone that I liked in this movie was going to get killed at all yeah like it just i just watched it as a it was like an episode of gi joe nobody none of the good guys were gonna die <laughs> and even like the stakes if they fell out of the death star parachutes would happen and even like this <laughs> even the stakes aren't as high because it's not like the death star is like right in front of like a planet that could destroy all of the rebellion or something like that it's just kind of still right. being built out somewhere random and like a giant shrimp creature is like commanding the base to destroy it so it's like okay right. like nothing what bad could happen here <laughs> they weren't going to blow up their own shield generator yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh job of the hut man how why is it that the a new hope special edition and episode 1 they still can't get them to look right or right. sound right yeah you think they could just copy that puppet image and and go with it but man yeah my uh, voice too it just sounds amazing it just sounds like a real person doing a really low voice but it's pretty it's pretty clear to me job is one of a kind he just you can't you can't do more java you got him right here (laughs) there's migs by the way there's there's migs reaching his hand out at it too yes um, everybody always talks about how, you know, when there's a film series, it's like, oh, it's the Empire Strikes Back of this movie, of you know, this series. But, you know, Return of the Jedi has a template that's been copied, too. Oh, yeah. Um, with part, like, yeah, both Pirates and the Matrix series Elite. have this model of rescuing mm-hmm. a hero in the first act that has nothing little to do with the rest of the movie. Well, even, like, as far, even beyond template, just the, the nature, the, the Battle of Endor, which... I, I, I say that describing just the entire third act as far as three different battles going on at the same time. That is so many movies. That's so many blockbusters as far as like how do we how do we how do we handle like all the characters we have? And Return of the Jedi is such yeah. a clear model for that as far as showing you three different types of battles occurring at one time. Like I just watched Black Panther yesterday with the commentary and Coogler was talking about how their whole model for the final battle in that movie was Return of the Jedi. Because you you, yeah, you have well. Martin Freeman in, flying in space, essentially, or flying in the air. You have Black Panther and, and Killmonger like being like the Luke invader in that scenario. And then you have the giant battle going on in the field outside, which is like Endor. It's like, it's a it's a model that's repeated so much. And it's because this movie has a, a fantastic final battle sequence as far as it does, yeah. perfectly handling the pace, the, the balance of the three different things, the emotion involved in all of them, having the, having everyone seem at their lowest point before bringing them all back again. It's such a, it, 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 this movie has so much going on. Yeah, you're exactly right, Brandon, as far as like, you know, like a, a concluding chapter and how many movies have borrowed that template, but just in terms and, of like pieces going into it too. It's just, and a lot of droid torture here. Oh yeah. This is like, <laughs> Oh, here we go. These CG characters. Yeah. Here's audience torture here. right here. <laughs> Yeah, here comes there the he worst is. thing that came out of the out of the special editions. This is it. This is uh, I like, I I'll like take Hayden Christensen. 
This is embarrassing. There I, it I, is. <laughs> I always been like, oh man. Well, this yeah, this Joe Yauza guy. He he breaks the fourth wall and screams at us. Kind of. And the song is just oh. Now you, we say all this, and yet I still regret the fact that we never got to see Star Wars: Return of the Jedi in 3D because the other ones didn't do as well to give us this sequence, particularly in 3D. That <laughs> oh. Yeah. This the when he right. when, when he when he jumps out at you and everything. Yeah, and she just looked right at us. Right. noodles. And, and saying this, I, I've always felt that Return of the Jedi is actually the best one to be converted into 3D, and then it doesn't happen. And I was like, oh, that sucks. Like, <laughs> That's why you don't start with the Phantom Menace. It didn't help, <laughs> no. But yeah, this one, I mean, between this stuff, the speeder bike stuff, my favorite scene in the pretty much the entire series which we'll get to involving an a-wing those are like these are the scenes i would have wanted to see in 3d and i didn't get it right i'll get it someday the they'll do rancor some core would have looked good they'll do some 8, 8k 3d release at some point and, i'll be like fine and Ula's <laughs> boob that pops out too in 3d do they do they keep that in the special edition or whatever they, they, yeah, they, they i assume they fixed it, it. In. yeah they didn't fix that like the like that a giant door opens and you're not like as far as being like an audience for the first time you're like oh what was in there, <laughs> and, and it's funny because all those guys are really smiling and happy still that she fell in. I'd be like oh no the the good looking one fell in. This is just daily activity of the Jabba's though. He's like oh there goes another one of those dancers well, you, down the hole into the pit of death. <laughs> Classic if Jabba. You were, if you were into the expanded uh, universe and you read the uh, Tales from Jabba's Palace or what was it? She was actually an undercover something or other planet oh. at Jabba's for some whole other thing. Oh, with, wow. I can't remember, but yeah, she she had a backstory to make that moment just a oh. little more tragic. Jabba, she was trying to kill him. Jabba knew. I mean, that's why he killed her. <laughs> Jabba knows what's up. And there, there's an Don't alien that, the looks, that looks like a Jedi in the background too. He's wearing the same kind of robes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, not well, not that guy, but uh, no. Facing, not, facing. I know. Jabba. I know. I know what you're referring to. Yeah. But yeah, there are a lot of random humans in this movie. The more like the more you watch it. Yeah, it's like I know a lot of people like love studying the cantina scene, but I think Jabba's palace is fascinating as far as the amount of it's stuff going it, on yeah. here. Yeah. There you go. There you see the chat. I got yeah. back. So we should talk about this plan. <laughs> it's, it's pretty ludicrous what, what Luke has hatched here. Um, let's, let's go. Let's, so, okay. <laughs> so the idea is we'll send in the droids first to mm -hmm. what? Just as gifts. That was the idea. With my lightsaber in it. With my lightsaber in it, yeah, that's that's part of it. Yes, it at the same time we'll have we'll have Leia eventually arrive with Chewbacca as a like well, a gift. Well, first Lando's that doesn't work. There. Lando's already yeah, Lando's already planted yeah. inside. Lando Lando he, he he knows his way around Tatooine. I assume already, so he's like, I can get inside Jabba's palace. Give me a really revealing mask and nothing else, and I'll get in there in a t in a day. <laughs> but, but what's funny is Lando and Chewie went there together, right? I guess. Yeah, they when they well they left uh, the in the Millennium Falcon together, but then you have but, to well, Shadows, Shadows of the Empire. Empire. Yeah, they had they almost caught Boba Fett somewhere. But, yeah, yeah. I played that game. 
<laughs> I, I read the book. I played the game. Yep. I think I read the comic, too. Yeah. That, Dash Render and almost and, got him. Oh. It was a tough boss and it, battle. And, it, and if you watch Forces of Destiny, does does it, the little cartoon that they have right now, does it show how Leia gets that Bosch costume? or? I assume I she... Remember. There's a lot of fun... That, that has a lot of fun little, like, quick tie-ins that are neat if you watch it. Yeah. I can't remember this one, though. Except they don't let the Ewoks eat the stormtroopers, which really upsets me. <laughs> Look at Lando. It's like I'm the smoothest man in the Jabba's palace right now. But do you, like think, I... you think Lando's just like uh, giving Luke bad info? He's like, all right, if you just bring the droids and they ask, then and you put a message, he'll give them to you. And then that doesn't work. He's like, okay, have Leia dress up like a uh, a bounty hunter and offer Chewbacca. Then they'll give you Han. Okay, that didn't work. Why don't you come down here yourself? What if, what if Lando just turned up, pushed a few buttons, and unmalted Han? I, again, this plan makes like almost no sense to me. So it's and also Lando, like Boba Fett's there. Like clearly he must be off his game because like it's not like Lando's hiding all that well. He's just walking around with his little mask on. He's distracted, I guess. He's, he's He's got all this money from turning in Han. He's just like, oh, I'm just gonna pay everything. Drinks on Boba. So now everyone, the logic here is that every single person in Jabba's palace has fallen asleep, just, which I always love to. It's just a slumber party. It's nap. It's nap time at, at, at Jabba's palace. He's but the Jabba... Caligula of Tatooine, or what? even yeah. Salacious Crumb, who I would figure never would go to sleep ever, is asleep. So. But the thing is, Jabba left his throne, and then he pops up in another throne. Yeah, well, he's you know <laughs> he, he can move when he needs to. Sure, I guess. I mean, I, I assume, like, the royal cleaners have to, like, clean the, the various thrones because of whatever he leaves behind on them. All the slime. All the slime and whatever, he, however he excretes. <laughs> I'll say this. It's the easiest joke in Spaceballs, but I love Pizza the Hut. That makes me laugh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dom DeLuise. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> it's, there's, so, like... I grew up loving Spaceballs and watching it now. It's like, yeah, there's a lot of easy targets, but I there's some really funny stuff for like all the for, for even like the dumbest ones are like that's still pretty funny, <laughs> right? Pizza Hut's just so silly, <laughs> and the fact that his, his like aid his whatever version of Salacious Crumb like it, it, he's like eating him too. It's like what? Yes, yeah, <laughs> he like he like scarfs down a pepperoni when they're laughing at. They're like both laughing together as he eats. Oh, you're, you're delicious. Yeah, you're delicious pizza. <laughs> anyway, Han's back now. He's got space blindness or something. <laughs> the stain on his shirt. So Harrison Ford, uh, not a sure bet to get back for this sequel. Yep. <laughs> uh, that's why they froze him to begin with. Not a, He only had a contract for two movies. And um, Harrison Ford being Harrison Ford, he's like, oh, you know, I don't need to come back. <laughs> And then when he came back from Force Awakens, we're like, well, we're certain your fate is... <laughs> it was probably an easier contract to sign knowing what he knew going in, where this one is like, eh, there's not much for me to do. Can I die? Like, you know. <laughs> well, one of, one of the reasons, like, uh, Kurtz left Lucas uh, was over this movie because they, they drastically changed what they were going to do. Kurtz being uh, Gary Kurtz. Uh, Gary Kurtz, uh, producer. yeah. And they... Uh, well, Han Solo was going to die, and Lucas backed out on that. Like they wanted, like Kurtz says, Kurtz says his like vision was that Han would just be like some like random fatality in battle, just to kind of show how like anyone could just get 
punked in the middle of, of war or something like that. But see, that's like Lucas. Look, I th- honestly, I, I think Lucas made the right choice. Cause like, why kill Han? Like, it doesn't make it. Like, I understand that as far as storytelling goes, Han doesn't get the most to do in this movie, which is not the worst thing in the world. I mean, it's just one guy. But like, at the same time, it's like this. To me, the spirit of Star Wars doesn't say like, hey, we really need to like kill off our heroes just to make a point. Like, if you want to kill right. off like, someone, Lando would make like a better choice just because of. Well, you know, Han's art. Hans arc for the trilogy ends after this first act. Like he's yeah. embraced the rebels. He's he's one of them. But like killing him makes this whole stuff worthless at that point. Then it's right. like why do exactly. we why do we have forty minutes devoted to rescuing Han if we're just going to kill right. him twenty minutes later? It's like I mean there there were a lot of changes for where they were going with the, this movie. I mean this wasn't going to be the final movie. Uh, this was supposed to be yeah, a there's still movie. a six part plan, right? Wasn't that the idea? Yeah, like this one, Boba, Boba Fett was originally going to be the main villain of this one with little Darth Vader um, stuff. More about Luke discovering, you know, he was going to go back with Yoda, learn more and about his past, the past, the history of the Jedi. You know, Han was, Harrison was going to get a movie off, basically. I mean, he'd, he'd come back in the movie, but it was, I mean, Boba Fett was going to be the main villain. That's why they built him up. As this guy, like the the holiday special, and then somewhere in the middle of Empire Strikes Back, they change their mind. I uh, I love that, by the way, the whole reuniting between Chewbacca and Han Solo. I mean, it's, oh, it, yeah. it shows just how effective that is for you know a giant Wookiee and Harrison and the capabilities of Harrison Ford to make that relationship seem like important. We're like, oh, they're together again, and he feels really good about that. <laughs> right. I'm curious how long you if you are if you come out of Carbonite if you know how long you've been in. I wonder that with everything involving like hypersleep and all these things, it's like I, I, I mean, well, when you wake up in the morning, do you go, oh, well, that was four hours before looking at the clock? Yeah, I know. I, hours, it, you know so. Well, I, I only say that because Han says like I'm out of it for a little while, and everyone gets you know, delusions, delusions of grandeur. Right? <laughs> oh, they Look, it's an it added Sebulba guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I never, never realized that. I this, guess I didn't, haven't watched this in a while. This introduction to Luke is pretty weird, where he just walks in, just strangles some guy. It's like, was that the choice you needed to make? <laughs> like, I get... Yeah. I well, like, he's like, also in black robes, so we're supposed to fear that maybe he's going down the path of the dark side. Which but is... Are, have we, are we, though? No, I don't well, know. It's a, it's a weird, like, this that, that, that idea lasts for a total of five minutes before like, no, it's just Luke. <laughs> like, it's... Like, I mean, that, that's, Lu- that's Lucas's inclination, but he's wearing, like... We have no idea what colors of robes and stuff Jedi's wore. We didn't know they all dressed like Obi Wan Kenobi back in the day. Yeah, but like I mean, I, I get the lot. Well, I mean, he's he's he looks more like Vader than he does like Obi Wan right now. No, he's got the hood up. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, but it's dark. <laughs> Shut up. I mean, you know what I mean. <laughs> no, but, I mean hey, I when we first that. met Obi Wan, he had a hood on. I don't. I never thought of him as being evil, right here. I never no, thought I of. I don't think I of him as either. Being... But I've read from Lucas and stuff that that was his inclination was that you were supposed to worry about Luke's allegiances and stuff. I. It just seems like such a half-assed idea because it's like the first scene he's in, he strangles some random guard who's done nothing to him, which is like, well, that's <laughs> that's kind of a, like his wife's. He's the Gamorrean guard's wife's gonna be like, "Where's John?" And he's like, "Well, <laughs> fucking Jedi strangled him to death. What do you do? He just greeted him at the door. What the fuck also, is that all about?" <laughs> also, also, is, is that guy really... played by Rob Lowe? Yes. Did he, did he <laughs> yeah. kill him, though, or did he just, like, put him out for a little bit? I mean, it did look like... I, I like to think that he maybe just... Well, then he died of a broken heart afterwards. That was the real problem. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
But still, I mean, he just kind of chokes this guy out. It's like, it's pretty capable. He probably just kind of got around him or talked to him or something instead of choking him. Boy, I used to own your father. <laughs> Luke chokes first. I'm your daddy's daddy. Luke's diplomacy is terrible, by the way. He like goes yeah, like so, so yeah. He, he was gonna shoot Jabba. He can't spar for like a minute with Jabba before pulling a blaster and trying to bless you. <laughs> like that was his whole idea. Hey, it's me. And then when I get there, guys, I'm gonna make him drop that pit open, and I'm gonna kill that rancor monster. <laughs> yeah, this this plan is ridiculous. <laughs> well, it's supposed to be like he's winging it now, right? Now, yeah. To, I mean, I don't. I, don't... Uh, I guess. I guess he thought he was just gonna talk Jedi mind trick him out and say, "Oh, and then, then I'll Jedi mind trick him, and then we'll get out." <laughs> yeah, their research for this mission was like their intel was lacking, <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. As far like, as Lando, you didn't tell us about the monster underneath. I mean, like if 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 Hayden Christensen Anakin was here, it'd be like, dude. The Huts don't do Jedi mind tricks. Come on, guy. Like he would know this. <laughs> you know. You know, if Luke just brought his own lightsaber, he would be fine. I, he'd still have it. Luke doesn't know how to mind his surroundings, though. He'd still fall through that trap door, probably in some way. Some bullshit would happen. <laughs> He's always getting hit with stuff from the side and things. Classic Luke. Rancors could are cool. The, could he use the Force to throw rocks instead of chucking it himself? He doesn't think that. As you said, he's winging it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hamill's great in this movie, by the way. Um, he's yeah. he certainly succeeded himself in Last Jedi, but I do. Th and even that one look he gives in Force Awakens, I'm kidding. Uh, but I think he, you know, the evolution from Empire to here, he grows. He's grown a lot as an actor. Uh, yeah. Especially from A New Hope, obviously. But um, I, I really like Tashi Station to pick up some power converters. To my sister has it. There's a level of concentration he has in the scene. Even that single job or the way he's kind of delivering dialogue, but especially with the Vader and Empire stuff, obvious, Emperor stuff, obviously. I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of like show or uh, um, kind of uh, look without speaking type of acting that he does well as far as kind of. Yeah, he looks, he's very believable. He seems to match up to the people around mm -hmm. him since, he, you know, the first movie he's dealing with like Alec Guinness the whole time. And it's like, yeah, you look like a nerd. Uh, but here it's like, you know, he's standing up to these, yeah, these characters. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he's been talking to Yoda, like who's mm -hmm. been, you know, on set was completely silent, right? Yeah, I made just, all that believable. Couldn't get through this door. Oh. Damn oh, this doors! My one weakness. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love this Rancor thing as a child, which is weird because I got scared of the Willow monster, the Ebert Sisk, which I believe is its its, its name. Uh, that monster, you mean the, the the two headed one, the two headed like one. Yeah, the goblin okay. troll. Yeah, thing. which is which is inherently it's a scarier design than the Rancor. Um, it's a creepier design. It's a creepier design, but like the Rancor, I loved. Like I, I as a kid, I love. I, mean, I still love this movie now. But I, I love like all these crazy designs and stuff for this movie. Yeah. And this Rancor is one mm -hmm. of them. And it, even as a child, it was not lost on me that this was this guy's pet right here. And he was really says like, oh, that's sad. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it helps. It helps the world building feel like real for like, sure oh my like, God, even yeah. though you don't sympathize with this guy or anything you're just like oh you know it just he totally believes what he's doing it's even if for a small character what yeah what, goes a long way something that completely <laughs> makes this work is the fact that you don't you wouldn't get this today not not in a mainstream film from like a you know a, a, a fairly bland director they wouldn't find time for something like this that's entirely unnecessary there is no reason to have this whatsoever except for the fact that it fills out the world and adds a little bit extra character to it 
Yeah, I like it, I like how uh, Lando really ran to get be the one that grabs Luke. You know, yeah. he's like, bring me, <laughs> bring me Han and the Wookiee, and like Lando bolts, and everyone's just standing there. He had to go get, just had to be there. And Boba Fett's still not paying attention. To <laughs> he's just like, yeah, whatever. I never noticed that thing behind C three PO with just like it's like a snake with its tongue out. Yep. It's Pretty yeah, much. it's like the they made a toy of it. Actually, it's kind of weird. Well, they probably made a toy of the whole pal. <laughs> oh, there's plenty I of toys. Is it a boss in the game? <laughs> there's so much stuff in the sea. Like, it's ridiculous how much stuff's going on here. <laughs> there's something being cooked behind him. Like on a rotisserie, or a uh, Tatooine rotisserie. Or maybe it's just the sauna that Jabba has installed. Uh, yeah. And Boba Fett, if they're cooking something, Boba Fett just wants to be first in line. Oh, yeah, he's right there. He's, he's yeah, right, yeah. Boba's hungry. <laughs> Clones need to eat more often than. I guess we didn't talk about Leia and all this the the bullshit that's going on with her in this ridiculous bikini that everyone seems to have like grasped onto. Well, the idea is what that she, she, Carrie Fisher wanted to have audiences realize that she's more feminine than she's that she's been portrayed in the previous movies. Is that that was the idea, right? I don't. To me, I'm like, okay, Jabba the Hutt is a very evil man. She's and he's trying to embarrass her because he's a bad guy. So. We agree that he's bad, right? Well, in terms so he's of doing a bad thing, like it, yeah, in terms of the just... yeah, in terms of the film's logic, I can that's the reasoning. But also, right. in t- but in terms of why this directorial decision was made, I believe that was it. Like Carrie Fisher wanted to ha- have basically own more of who she was as a as a, you know really? as, a, as a person. That that's I mean, a... isn't she is isn't she the one that's against it? Now well, co- I think more now, well, not well, considering yeah. Lucas had her boobs taped down in the first movie and tried to play her sexuality down and now he's like hey yeah get in this because he's in like a giant robe in the first movie and you know she's wearing just like tactical gear in the rest like this is from what i've read it's like it was her idea i mean she did like a rolling stone shoot at the time when in this outfit also r2 is a waiter now it's become something to get offended about now retroactively it's like Morgan Freeman back behind C-3PO. It's <laughs> 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 just chill. <laughs> I'd like chilling. to tell you. I'd like. I, I'd like to tell you. We won that day. That Luke went in the pit. C-3PO knew a whole bunch of. Uh, he knew some languages, but he never oh, knew man, our that's... language. Do you guys like the added mouth in the Sarlacc pit? I don't mind it. I don't mind it, but the CG just looks really bad. Now. It sticks out. Yeah. Hmm. I'm like, it's funny those windows. I'm like, can they actually see what's going on out there? Is Jabba in good position to watch? As long as you're <laughs> above, then you can look down. Yeah. There's Weakway, by the way. Um, there he is. There I, I, I like the long distance shots of the Sarlacc pit. It's just kind of like it's just kind of a presence that's there. Like that's it's it's fun. It's mm-hmm. like okay, that's a neat thing. <laughs> well, so, oh, man, this this is really good setup where you're like when just it, it's it's off. it's all because of William's score. Like that's entirely what yeah. this is that makes this work. But I mean, he's not winging it too much because he knows that R two's got the light. Like that's his like ace up his sleeve. R two at a distance with a lightsaber that with an eject I've button. I've them right where I want. <laughs> yeah, this, this this is the this is the 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 hail mary play that we didn't want to go through, but we're gonna have to apparently. Lando's like, I can't believe this all worked out just as you said, Luke. 
<laughs> You're right. We did come out to the Sarlacc pit. <laughs> <laughs> just as I said. And I will just jump off this diving board and hope that the... Like, that's... A, I mean, just like... And checks the lightsaber all the way across this pit, gets it, and then everything happens. Oh, the helmet is... Swinging around freely... Already. Does not hit Lando, Chewie, or Han. Nobody shoots him since their guns pointed everywhere at him, presumably. <laughs> we get I shot like in the hand. Was, it was funny because Lando's first thing was to take his helmet off. Yeah, exactly. Blow your cover. <laughs> Blow my cover is first Lando's ass. <laughs> Aha, it's me, Lando. And now Boba Fett's like, oh, I guess I gotta get in the game. <laughs> The, the, she, like, the Fets, like, they don't know what they're doing when it comes to Jedi. They're like, let me get as close as possible to them and then try to shoot them. Like, what's going on here every time? Yeah. Well, he I, should have uh, gotten the dual blasters like his daddy. Well, it's, even the dual, that didn't right. save him. Jeez. <laughs> like, yeah. he, he had the same plan. Let me get as close as possible to Mace Windu. Even though I have a jetpack, long-distance rifles, and a rocket launcher, I need to get five feet away from him first. <laughs> Let me do that. Uh, it wasn't his fault. It was the, the monster that ran into That him. didn't help, but, I mean, he still went down there. He could have stayed up there and, you know, not die. <laughs> like, it's okay. He lives. <laughs> right? We're all, yep, that's all. Yep, that's canon. Right. <laughs> It's, uh, that's what happens. Yeah. Oh, Yakface doesn't know what to do. Yeah, Yakface is like, what? I was just here for the buffet. <laughs> I wonder if there was already a planned trip to the Sarlacc pit, or if like this whole thing like really set that in motion. <laughs> like it was like today's our today's our day to go to the Sarlacc pit, guys. Come on. And they're like, oh. Dear. But Bill Hader's uh, impersonation of Jabba the Hutt being strangled. It's amazing. great. It's pretty pitch so perfect. Good. And and his tauntaun. Good. Mm. I mean, we can all do the tongue thing. (laughs) That's a a really grisly death, by the way. We don't talk about that enough, but it's like he just like strangles Jabba in the dark, (laughs) like alone. All the ropes are hanging on the Han already. I thought that was almost weird. Jabba, who's presumably been around for like like a thousand years, right? He's like old, isn't he? Is there? Whoa, no. That guy's dead. Jabba's old, right? He's like super old, isn't he? Yeah. And there, yeah. Are, there are other he, huts. He was the owner of Darth Vader for a time. <laughs> Lando's down there like, this plan is getting worse all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, I mean, we don't get, there's not much Ford and Billy D in this movie. So it's like, I do like a lot of this banter that they're having during all this nonsense. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I thought you couldn't, couldn't see. That's how it's, it's getting blurred. It's a big white blur now. <laughs> I always thought it was weird because they did change the dialogue of Han. He's like, wait, I thought you were blind. He says, uh, it's all right. Trust me. And then now it's, uh, you know, it's all right. I can see a lot better. I, I don't know why the, what the difference was. You know, I don't think it improved it. <laughs> I like Lando's, I, kinda... I like Lando's worry there. Is Han like, more <laughs> sensitive? Is that what happened? <laughs> <laughs> I guess that, that might be why. So, you know, we can have this theory, so Han Solo could be a Force ghost in Episode Nine. <laughs> it's like, you remember that scene? <laughs> when, he, when he free Lando from the Sarlacc's grasp? Yep. Who's blind, just like Luke on the, the Falcon in the first one? Yep. Oh, my hand. <laughs> Pointing at the deck! Like, I was like, he always had, like, a weird position for his hand that was obviously there for an insert shot. 
<laughs> oh, we missed like the not missed, and, but like the, in, during all this, the most brutal shot that or the most brutal like move that Luke does is when he like takes the lightsaber, just kind of he's like charging and swings it at a guy and just like hacks him down. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously you don't see anything, but it's like wow, Luke really went to town on that guy on that sail barge. <laughs> I, bet right. I love this uh, explosion. Ben Fortuna made it out. I bet he's, like, saying, I knew we shouldn't have made it so that the gun could be pointed at the deck. <laughs> he's saying that after he dived off the ship, he's like, I gotta get out of this place. Yeah. So we can see his movie. I'm telling like, you, it's gonna happen. I, I like this the uh, little callbacks to the original with the Luke and Leia swinging and, the uh-huh. you know, start with the droids delivering a message and... That's true. That's the, true. The, the uh, rhythms yeah. that Lucas do, and that they're continuing through the new trilogy, which is one thing I always wondered about, because you know he always you know, compared Star Wars storytelling to like a song, where you know there's choruses and verses, and the verses you know sound similar, but you know have different words to them. But. Well, I mean that's another you know the the reception of this movie back in the day was so much, and you know stru- it was it was strong. a return to form. It was a return to form, much to form. much like you know. Last Crusade or whatnot, where it's like, hey, all these fun callbacks to that other one that we liked a lot before things got all dark with hearts being ripped out and whatnot. I like Temple of Doom. I love Temple. I of do too. Uh, it's. I it, like those first three Indiana Jones movies are terrific, and I can a, sit through Crystal Skull. It's an easy ranking for me. One, two, three, four. <laughs> I mean, it's it's not hard in my mind. Minus two, one, three, four. Are you like? Do you like Doom the most? I uh, huh. Oh, yeah. All right. I think it defined it, it defined the character for me. That's a fair way to look at it. He, he gets, I, I I guess he gets like the most growth as a single character in the second one. I, I think the first one is the best movie, but I second one's the favorite. It's your far. favorite movie because of all the yeah, fun. I, I say that the second one impacted me like the most because it ha- it like scared the shit out of me. <laughs> like oh my gosh. Here we go, Snoke. Now, I, I mean the I, Emperor. I'm wondering if, uh, yeah, I'm wondering if any kids were scared of the Emperor back in the day. He was I, creepy. I mean, it's not as creepy as like Monkey Face and the Empire, but you know, it's pretty good here. Right. I tell you what, this is a huge. This character is a huge gamble because you're now saying that there's a a bad guy behind the ultimate bad guy, and you have to make him even more intimidating and evil, and they. I think they they did it pretty they, good. Yeah, they pull it off easily. In my they head. pull it off, but that's a huge risk because Darth Vader's maybe the most iconic villain in cinema history <laughs> in terms of just everybody knows him, everything else. But like, and then you go, oh well, he's not the guy. There's this guy because the you know the first one is Tarkin, but yeah, you're staring at Vader. I like how uh, George Rod's right behind Vader. He's like, I'm not listening to nope, any of this. Nope, I am not involved. They're <laughs> completely, completely tuning out. I, I don't need to be strangled or electrocuted. I'll just be here <laughs> doing the... I got the job done. It's working. Shield's up. Good. I am doing... I'm, I'm out. You guys do your thing. And later on, we'll we'll credit the uh, guy who rubbed the Vaseline on the film cells to cover up the, the visible um, forehead of Ian McDermott later on. Sure. Now I want to see, before we get to all this stuff because it's important. But the E. McDermott and Max von Sydow, who are now both Star Wars stars, they it so confuses mm-hmm. me because of the movies that like the characters they're playing versus how old they are. Like in The Exorcist, Max von Sydow is like seems like he's like pushing eighty, and yet he's still alive now, and he's what like probably in his eighties just now, you know. 40 right, years after yeah. the exorcist yeah. and like ian mcdermott he's playing the emperor in this movie and then he has like all the prequels where he's playing the emperor's like how old are these people he like aged, <laughs> he, he aged into the role for the pre i know it's crazy how that works 
how old is Matt? Like, Max von Sydow is such a mystery to me as far as who he I is. Think he's, I think he's pushing 90. He's got to be, but, right? I mean, he was playing, like, all these old roles. He's, 80, he he's 89, had, like, a, yeah. Okay, he looked. He just had this look to him where he could be late 20s or late 40s. Mm-hmm. You know, like... Because he's also because he's also Swedish, and so he's in like Bergman films and stuff. It's like, who is this man? <laughs> that's that's always my reaction. It, it, it's it's kind of like Leslie Nielsen. He just looked old yeah. all the time. Or Steve Martin. Honestly, Steve Martin was bored old. That's why I like to joke about Steve Martin. <laughs> well, I like that he was used for you know the Force Awakens because I it kind of has that throwback to like Cushing and then Christopher. Oh, for Lee sure, and yeah. Gotta, and then yeah, it was like he was you know briefly used. Anything. So, it's such a mystery. Like, who is he playing? I have a fun Max von Sydow story. Um, I was at the premiere for Sherlock Holmes' Game of Shadows, and um, I sat next to him, (laughs) and uh, I sat I sat um, in front of him. And when I was I was walking to my seat and I turned my head and I looked who was behind me and it was Max von Sydow and it's like it was that kind of like I took a half second to be like that's Max von Sydow and as I'm doing this I'm staring right at him and he's staring right at me and is this he had this look of like he knows who I am and I wonder if he's gonna say something and I didn't say anything I just kind of like gave him a nod I was like and just kind of I, I just kind of nodded and sat down <laughs> I was like oh that's Max von Sydow I'm sitting in front of for Sherlock Holmes of all things but okay look at you and go Tim. <laughs> And he's like, in his head, he's like, oh, that's an Instagram follower. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Yoda's here. Yoda's getting in the bed. You get a yeah, Yoda cameo because he's about to, like, you know, fade away. I like how Yoda's just trying to, he's like, he wants Luke to leave him alone. <laughs> he's just like, let me die. So. I, I think, I th- just, it's weird to say a physical performance of the puppet. But that combined with the line delivery, uh, with from Frank Oz when he says "Told you, Diddy," is like just amazing. Yeah, that like it, a puppet could just uh, even more feels real because he's a different Yoda here. Like he's more down to earth. Yeah, he's I, he's done with being like. Once he pulls that X-wing out, he's he's done with being like the rascally Yoda. <laughs> like he's, right. Yeah. Except in Last Jedi, where he's completely rascally Yoda again. <laughs> <But still laughs> Yoda, Yoda is such a dick to Luke in Last Jedi, and it's amazing. <laughs> I love it so much. He like he gives he gives some great words and of wisdom and everything, but he's still like he's still messing with them. I mean, he straight up lies about the books. <laughs> like he knows they're not there. Right. <laughs> like, oh, I mean, oh gosh. There's... So much brilliance. Yeah, Frank Oz is so wonderful with his performance, and yeah, mm-hmm. it, and yeah, getting a little bit of here. Are we supposed to believe that Luke has not seen him since Empire, or has he been going back there every now and then? He hasn't. This is his. This first is his first time, time. Okay. Yeah, that but, makes sense because he's asking other, about he's other asking... people can't go for quick journeys and become Jedi's ever. <laughs> Especially women. Right. <laughs> And I'll tell you what, if, if 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 Kylo Ren was floating in space and pulled himself to a ship, no one would say a thing. But he's, he's a man. That's that's, that's yeah. just what men do. They pull themselves through space. But no, I mean, this are we going to keep doing man. this? Is that is this the tone we're going to yeah. do now? So I I was saddened by this when I was a kid. I was like, oh my! Like watching a beloved character of your childhood just fade away like this. Oh man. You know what's funny is that when I was watching these on VHS, my library never had Empire Strikes Back, and I didn't know how to read Roman numerals. Mm-hmm. So all I had was Star Wars and Return of Jedi, and he, Yoda just shows up and he dies, and I had, it had no impact on me whatsoever. 
Man, that Obi Wan sure looks different this time around. <laughs> I mean, I know who he was because my mom would buy me T-shirts with Yoda on it from Empire Strikes Back, but I wasn't old enough to watch the movie, so I never, I never knew what it was. The first one I bought on VHS was Return of the Jedi. That was the first one I got. Because I, I, I was like, well, I want to have a happy ending when I watch Star Wars, so I'll pick this one. I was a child, so. I was I gifted them when they came out in those 1994, like, THX editions or whatever. Oh, I went on a hell-bent search for those the day they, like, my parents got off work, and I, you know, they were taking me to get them, and we went to, like, four different places till we found a Target that, like, magically forgot to open a box in the back. Mm-hmm. Were they really that hard to find? Oh yeah, this is hard. And this is before pre-orders. I mean, the only place you could pre-order something was Suncoast, and they'd charge you triple. And yeah. uh, but like, I yeah, I remember those sets that were hot, and they had the the big because George Lucas didn't do interviews and talk like that back in the day, but he had these little fifteen-minute uh, clips with Leonard Malton uh, before each movie. I had them I have the... about the Star Wars. I had them taped. My dad was a great taper for when it came to vhs apparently because presumably they're from tv and presumably there were commercials but there are never commercials and i watched the tapes that i had so i was like he must have been doing a great job recording these so <laughs> he's just pause it yeah yeah i magically I, I got the laser discs when when that came out of okay the vhx versions my parents wouldn't get me a laser disc yeah i never had oh look it's al guinness <laughs> i was thankful for fedco I like how his Force Ghost has like a dramatic entrance. Is like I'm not just going to appear. I'm going to like come out from like behind the woods yeah. somewhere. <laughs> I was I was watching you. Like, like presumably your droid. Presumably he could do whatever the hell he wants to, but he's like, let me like come out from a distance behind some trees and move some stuff out of the way before I start talking to you. And then let he's also like, tired. Yeah. Let me tell you something, son. I once watched your father choke the shit out of your mother. I then drew my lightsaber on him. Which, that whole battle comes from the novelization of this movie, not anywhere in the movie. The, the reason we always knew about some lava planet and the battle of Obi-Wan, Kenobi, and Anakin was because it was in the Return of the Jedi novelization during this scene. Well, there's a whole description of Obi-Wan being <laughs> yeah. like, I battled your father on a lava planet and sliced him up mm-hmm. <laughs> after yep. he killed your mother. Following Order 66. <laughs> was a cheeseburger with a large fry. Many younglings were killed that day. So he liked nothing about Qui-Gon Jinn being a good teacher to him, huh? Yeah. He's old. He doesn't have time to recount the things of some some rebel Jedi. <laughs> now, when I killed the Sith, I cut him in half. Now, Alec Guinness, at this point, he doesn't like these movies, right? That's like oh, no, he hated them after the first one. Yeah, but he kept but coming back. But they somehow got him back. Yeah. yeah, he was easier than Harrison Ford, apparently. His final film performance, he didn't even know about. So hey, he does movies. It's a pretty juicy role, though. He's all all dialogue. Yeah, well, he's Alec Guinness, so he can deliver it pretty pretty well. <laughs> I mean. The, the, I, I always credit a lot of the reason the first film works is him and Cushing's presence. Like Oh, for sure. They, they give it credence. Yeah. yeah. It's like a bunch of like amateur actors. Harrison Ford's naturally charismatic, but you know, you gotta wait for him. So it's like, what do we have guiding us? Well, we have, you know, screen legend Alec Guinness and, you know, horror legend Peter Cushing guiding us along I mean, this it, thing. So It's much like, you know, Halloween is, you know, there's a lot driving the, the horror of Michael Myers driven by Donald, Donald Pleasance, Pleasance delivering exactly. those lines. Yeah. 
and the force is you know driven by Alec Guinness. Like, yeah, man, I buy into this. Yeah, and they. <laughs> I mean, we we've talked about the prequels literally in our commentaries for Phantom Menace and and um, Attack of the Clones. But Attack of the Clones, like you have Christopher Lee and you wait the entire movie to use him. Like it just. I don't I don't understand these choices sometimes. <laughs> yeah. We're anyway. about to see Mon Mothma, who did not age into her role in the prequels. <laughs> I was hoping to see the Battle of Tanab in the in the some earlier of these movies, maybe, <laughs> <laughs> or at least someone getting their hair dyed purple, just for like kicks. <laughs> also, another sweet space cape for Lando Calrissian, the new captain of this mission. Mm-hmm. I like how he requested a cape. It's like if I'm going to join the rebellion, I'm going to need some capes, guys. Yep, my wardrobe. Well, he he was suffering while he was in Jabba's palace, like without a cape. And he was chafing while in Han's clothes. Mm-hmm. That was always weird to me. See, Star know, Wars now has two girls. Quit your whining. <laughs> well, there was also the one at the beginning of uh, Empire Strikes Back in the on a hawk base. Well, that's right. That's right. And in, in the background of Cloud City. And Come the peop- and the one that that Jabba tortured. Let's not forget them. <laughs> Oh, that's right. Yeah, I mean, many Bothans wow. died. She really loved those Bothans. She's yeah. She sells that line. That's for sure. <laughs> well, this, this is my big scene gonna... right here. So, so right here is where I, I like Mon Mothma should look at the hologram that Admiral Ackbar is talking about, but she doesn't know they're there on the set. <laughs> She's just staring at. Well, I, I mean, she's mesmerized by this guy. Well, have you seen Admiral Akbar? He's mesmerizing. I mean, that's the point. Yeah. yeah if Admiral Akbar's like, talking, you're look, paying she attention. She cares not about the shield at all. She's just in love. That's yeah, the story we yeah. can explore. Uh, there she is. Yeah. Oh, they're 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 totally in love. <laughs> So we'll find out about those Bothans in Rogue Two, a Star Wars story. We, we, we I, I'm trying to think about the idea of first seeing Admiral because we haven't seen him before, right? This is the first introduction nope. of Admiral Akbar, and it's like, so like a regal woman just introduced this whole thing, and now a squid man's walking under freaking like further. Like, this. I'm just thinking what the audience reaction to something like this. And there's is. neon numb. Like I, yeah. I get the, the the alien quotient has risen, tr- like jumped. It's spiked compared to the first two yeah. films. There's even another black guy in there. So, I mean, the diversity hires have been great for Return of the oh, Jedi. Oh, man. They, I, yeah, and in, thanks, to, you know, thanks to Rogue One, it was always the, that way, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that guy, the guy next to Leia just doesn't want to be there. <laughs> He's just like, I'm going to die. Well, because Admiral Ackbar stopped talking, I stopped caring. That's, that's his yeah. motto. <laughs> It's like, who let this guy in the ship? The Skywalkers are all about these dramatic entrances, by the way. So now Luke's, like, walking in, like, hold on, let me wait. I'm going to wait right till the oh, end of somebody starts that. talking. And they just walk in. I'm in, too, guys. <laughs> I like to think that, like, behind, he, like, he was going to walk in, like, several times. And he kept stopping himself because somebody else kept talking. It's like, I'm in. Oh, oops, sorry. Wait, wait, wait. I'm in. No, no, no. I'm in, too. <laughs> Look at all these ships just lying around. Well, you know, it was interesting to find out that I loved about, uh, you know, to bring up The Last Jedi again, because there's a very obvious you know, matte painting shot coming up here. Uh, but th- a lot of stuff in there, matte paintings in Last Jedi. Yeah. I, I found out, you know, when I was reading the art of book, I was like, whoa, wow, okay. <laughs> like, oh, that uh, thing was hella practical. My lovely girlfriend just got me the art book for my birthday, and I can't wait to finally Those are it. fantastic. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. 
Well, um, this this seems kind of interesting now because of Solo and uh, because he's says like not a scratch. You know, he's telling the original owner of the, of the ship not to scratch his ship, which he lost in the game. Uh, just, well, we knew that from Empire, though. Yeah, right. But it's just it. Seeing them as kids, it makes it's like, ah, oh, he's really telling the the original owner not to scratch his ship. I look forward to that dynamic and that whole scenario. Um, as of this recording, Brandon and I have not seen Solo yet. I know David, you're playing oh. a bit coy, <laughs> so but <laughs> <laughs> this is a little not foreshadowing because <laughs> he's, he's, we all know it's gonna he's, he's completely going to see that ship again. <laughs> but... Yeah. yeah. Are the dice in this? There was a there was a thought of whether or not to to blow Lando up in the Death Star explosion as well. It's I guess it's so. and that see like that kind of thing I could have understood at the same time that that escape sequence gets me going so much because he's like yeah. racing out of there and it's how it's all just like and the flame engulfs it and he just flies out and the end nubs happy to, it's just so cool. It's awesome. The space yeah. battles in this I mean <laughs> this is not a move this is not a series that's short on cool space battles but the fucking space battle at the end of this movie is awesome. I love everything about yeah. the like it's about like them going inside of the Death Star and everything. It's just like yes, all of this works for me on so many levels. Yeah, I love that arcade game too. Oh it yeah, so for hard. sure. Yeah, it is, but it's worth it. Yeah. And but like the we'll get to it I guess way later, but there's just like a shot when like they destroy the like the you know, the center of the thing and the Millennium Falcon's escaping and it just like it goes from like this giant wide space to back to narrow caverns really quick as yeah, it's it just really like well it's done. so cool. <laughs> anyway, so the, the Emperor's two people here. They always creep me out. The like dignitaries. Yeah, because we don't get enough of them. They're just yeah. ominous, and it's like, oh, who are these guys? And then this guy behind Vader is like, mmm, it's delicious. Oh, these two. Yeah, these are like those guys in the the prequels too, where like the what you know their names, David. I'm sure the the blue, uh, yeah. the blue guy and uh... the, the, yeah, <laughs> and in Last Jedi too, Snoke has some weirdos in his throne room. That oh yeah, don't really know what's, mm-hmm. what's going on. Which we needed to, or else it didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, what do you know about the Emperor in this movie going in? I, I mean, I'm, you know, <laughs> he's really important. Yeah, exactly. so, you know. yeah, they're flowing right to the Super Star Destroyer. Oh, you mean you see him in one movie as a hologram and then the next one he's there and he dies? <laughs> what? I, I had a friend argue with me once. He was like, but the prequels, they give... The, I go, those, those didn't exist <laughs> at the time this movie. They, You know what? The thing is that they, at least in episode four, they do mention the Emperor, and then he shows up in five as a hologram, and then six, we reveal him, which... So there's been a buildup. We just never really thought about it. Fly casual is one of my favorite lines in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> Look like you're keep, or don't yeah. keep your distance, but don't look like you're keeping your distance. Vader got nosy all of a sudden too. Is that Piet? Yeah. Okay. Yep, Captain Piet, Admiral Piet now. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's taken me thirty years, but um, I'm slowly picking up the names of some of these guys on here. But I, I wonder if he still has like a captain's little uniform though, because <laughs> he just yeah. got promoted without getting an extra little pin. Yeah, I'm sure. He, I'm sure he has it next to all the pictures of his friends that got strangled last movie. <laughs> Pete's always been my favorite. I still have my little uh, figure of him in the box where they came out in the 90s. Mm, yeah. I was like, I- I'm picking this damn thing up. Cause... <laughs> because it's the first Cause figure. It's yeah, well, I was like, you, yes. could, you could order a six-inch Admiral Piet from Entertainment Earth now. Of course you oh. can. 
It's a new one. He stay he stays on the Super Star Destroyer, right? And then yeah, dies on the bridge. He's the one when yeah, when yep, my, in, my fa- in my in my in my favorite scene of the series. <laughs> By the A wing girl pilot, that's really a guy. Yeah. Yeah. We'll Where get, is that shuttle going? We'll get there. <laughs> Fly casual. <laughs> it's just it's so funny. <laughs> There's a lot. I mean, as much as people complain about like Han not doing much, he has some great moments in this movie. <laughs> like, oh, he he kills it. Like, yeah, like Harrison Ford can't not be likable in these things, and yeah, he's, he's, he's so many like great moments. I that's the thing though. Is it's Harrison Ford? It's yeah. Like, it's like. Tom Selleck and Magnum P.I. It's, it can't be Magnum P.I. without Tom Selleck. So watching the new commercial, it's kind of weird. Well, they got the radiance of Jay Hernandez. So Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why did they bring the droids and <laughs> not dress them up in some way? <laughs> you put like a little poncho on one of them, right? But no. You like, we're, almost we're... didn't recognize me with my green paint. <laughs> <laughs> Indoor fatigues. Pretty cool. It's funny that Luke and Leia all have helmets as if they knew that they were going to be on speeder bikes, but Han is just like, I don't, I don't need a helmet. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> They're just really clumsy. They're always hitting their head on stuff. They figured, why not this time around? Scout troops for the first time, right? Yep. I like the scout troop design, which everyone does, but still, I, yeah, I like them. I love it. But this it's is the... funny that they're just not even blending in at all <laughs> to the forest yeah <laughs> yeah like they, cre- they completely create new designs for the armor but they're like in terms of camouflage fuck it black and white <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> now here we go you know a giant reason i think like any kid would love this movie they have fucking speeder bikes in this thing and they're like yeah this is one of the best action sequences of all time yeah <laughs> any movie any movie not just he star wars he wasn't gonna make it anyway that log was right there yep <laughs> I like that it takes Han, like, hours to beat this one stormtrooper, by the way. He's, like, still fighting him while they're still waiting away. Everything comes... This is, like, a masterpiece of sound design, special effects, editing. It's... Miniature work. It's just a... It's a... It's such a great construction and, 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 like, great ambitious idea. It's, like, where you've already had two movies that have given you things that you've never seen before on a scale you've never seen before. And they're, like, what can we do this time around? And somehow he figured, like, well, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe we can have we can use the forest to our advantage, and uh, we'll put some kind of motorcycle thing in there. And, and he comes up with this, and it's super exciting. Mm-hmm. Like the sense of speed is like incredibly present, even right now, like today. Like it still looks fantastic just watching this kind of these, oh, yeah. these plates. <laughs> I do think that that his poncho needs to be like blowing a little bit harder. But, yeah, uh, right. I, I'll forgive it. Mm-hmm. And the the the, the sense of danger that comes from like flying narrowly through these trees is just so it's so visceral. Oh yeah. And yeah, the sound design of Ben Burt's like killing it this entire series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I love that. I just the, when Luke falls off and he stands up in that quiet moment where his lightsaber ignites. It's yeah, just, it might be the best lightsaber ignition like of the whole. Oh, that's, that's said, Kyle is giving it a run for the money in Last Jedi when he gets the hole in the face. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it just. And now we're just watching it. Um, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Leia's plan is I'll go high and attack it from above. 
Because she knows what the high ground means. She was there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she was there. <laughs> that's what, that's how, yeah. Call back. That's exactly what Revenge of the Sith was thinking. Mm-hmm. Well, that didn't work. I don't think I'd ever look away for a second. I, I wouldn't have the courage to turn my head to the side in the oh, midst of God. all this. That's got to be hard, going that fast and shooting. Well, that's what <laughs> right into the tree. <laughs> yeah. And he looked back as he was confident, too. It's not even because he needed to. He's just like, ha, I got her. That's why that was his downfall. His overconfidence will be his. Do we call Luke a good pilot? Like, in the, in the scheme of things? Yeah. Um, well, he did good on his first try. Well, did he, though? I mean, he was basically toast until Han Solo saved his ass at the last second. Well, it's not his fault. His whole... Everybody was gone and wedged. Well, I mean, sucked it up down in the trench. Well, let's think about this. What good did... I mean, he was there, and he got saved by Wedge once... He got saved by Han, and then he had the like the you know, the benefit of everybody else dying before him. But what did he really do? He flew to the Death Star, flew straight through a shaft, shot. He made life. a shot that he... was one in a million. Now the shot—that's I mean, maybe the Force helped him out a little more than he did. But but in terms of like his flying abilities, I'm just trying to think in the scheme of things. Like he crashes I mean... his X-wing on Dagobah, like he barely gets out of there. Uh, I mean, he, the snowspeeder battle, he crashes. He crashes the snowspeeder battle, too. He's like, so I'm saying, is Luke a good pilot? I mean, Anakin, we know, is a good pilot. They're like, Han's a one, great like, pilot. He flies casually. Like, You're not going to fly anything, Luke, in this one. You're going to take little pedestrian missions to Dagobah, and then you have to steal your way out of the Death Star. I mean, he talks, he brags about his T-16 back home, but I never saw him do it. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know how good of a pilot Luke is in the scheme. Of, like, Wedge is a good pilot. I know that. I, I think probably Uncle Owen agrees with you. He wouldn't let him go. He's like, yeah, he's not that great of a pilot. I mean, the the games aren't called Luke Skywalker and the Rogue Squadron. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like Rogue Squadron saves Luke Skywalker by helping him out. Here we go. Here's our I introduction mean, to Warwick. So Warwick Davis as Wicket Wicket E. Warwick. First performance. Got the role because what his grandmother like found a found a casting call for dwarves. And like my son can do this or my grandson hey, can so do this. Created a hell of a relationship. Yeah. Lucasfilm staple. Mm-hmm. How old is he at this point? He's a kid. He's like, yeah, he's, he's young, right? Yeah. And you know, there's some obviously adorable cast photos of him, like not wearing the helmet, not wearing the the, the head, hanging around. He's got the best looking mask too. Oh, he does, yeah, because he's mm-hmm. the most he's the most character. I mean, there are some hideous uh, Ewoks in there too. The, yeah, the lesser yeah. cops. There's, there's a bad yeah. weird looks. And there's like there's... Tebow, the gray one is uh, yeah. awful looking. And there's like skunk Ewok. And, uh... You know, it's it's funny. Everybody, you know, the, the popular thing is that Ewoks. Like, oh, how dare they beat the Empire? Why didn't anyone say, "Man, those little guys are badass"? Why yeah. was it instantly like, "Screw them"? 
Well, it's worth thinking. Were you rooting for the stormtroopers? Yeah, I did. Pull off the upset. Like, (laughs) well, it's worth that they. It's worth that they say that, and it's and it's like, how did they do this? Is like you saw the movie, you know how they did this. They had like all these logs set up and everything. Like they did, like it all. There were rebel troops too. It was a combination. I forgot that they added the blinking and all this. Yeah, yeah, the the Ewoks, the Ewoks blink now. Oh, I can finally accept the movie now. That yeah, I, yeah, it was hard okay. before. I was like, I don't think their eyes must be really dry. That's what I kept thinking as a kid. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it's funny when I there's a lot of things like when I watch something like a sci-fi fantasy things where it's like, well, he's not blinking. I'm like, well, I, I believe enough that he's there. You know, like I don't care if he blinks or not, or you know what? He's a creature from a universe, galaxy I don't know about. So maybe they have non-blinking eyes. But I never even thought about the blinking till they added it. All the walkie-talkies don't help either. You mentioned earlier the the you didn't re, you know people you didn't realize that people didn't like Return of the Jedi until the internet. I didn't realize that Ewoks were a thing that weren't liked for in the same way. I, yeah. like, I never really noticed this as like a thing people were down on until you know the internet was made it more apparent to me that not that I'm apparently <laughs> one of the people that has a high opinion compared to others. If they made two TV movies off of them. People must have liked them. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. That's what my yeah. thought. It's not like you could look up a newspaper review of a of a movie that you that came out years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like right. Unless you went to the library and sat there looking for well, through microfiche or whatever. But the reviews were all like return to form. Like this is good. You know, the Empire wasn't as beloved and just was like oh look star wars is back but yeah, well, originally i mean these were supposed to be wookies and the planet was kashik but why did they went, ditch that idea i don't know i think it's just less interesting because we already know that wookies exists i think True. i i think that's what he was thinking he was like let's see something different yeah uh-huh i i could yeah i could buy that lucas is always forward thinking he's always wanting he doesn't like to Repeat. He wants to do something new, right? And did you know that the Yuzum in Jabba's palace that sings is an older Ewok design? Hmm. The fuzzy guy. Okay. I like, I like the what's his name on Rebels was the original Wookie design. Oh, speaking, speaking of Rebels, we got to keep an eye out for Rex, right? You know, keep watching yeah. for him every step of the way. I mean, they confirmed oh. it, right? So, you know, it's canon. Oh, oh yeah. I kept on thinking of the Star Tours droid. I was like, what? Oh, no. <laughs> no he's, the, he's there, too. <laughs> yeah. He was on Jabba's sail barge. Well, he's he's going to be a DJ at the Star Wars land at Disneyland. So oh, good good for him. Glad, yeah. glad, glad he got his resume through. <laughs> um, I, I like that that vader and empire empire and the emperor are like on this the whole thing like they know the entire plan like already like they're like luke has never got past them and in a second he's just like yeah he's on the planet i guess now <laughs> we, we gotta pick him up i guess yeah uh, that kid and his plans huh yeah, yeah. Wow. it must be a lando thing i don't know whatever <laughs> he's only got 12 percent of a plan yeah <laughs> <laughs> ha it's real <laughs> it's... <laughs> So it was interesting too. We we now know that uh, the uh, John Favreau television series is gonna happen, and it's gonna be what seven years after this. I thought it was like three or I thought the seven was uh, misspoke. Oh, it was? I don't know. Doesn't I matter. Like, I mean, regardless, after it's after this. Jedi, I mean, that's that's yeah. the yeah. point. I think. Yeah. 
I think they're going to start different things. I heard. Yeah, I think with this like trilogy, you know, episodes nine, we're going to see a lot more focus around that since all the secrets will be out. Yeah, see a lot more focus around. Well, since we got time. so much like Clone War stuff in between these movies, it makes sense to give a lot of. Well, and a lot of their focus was between like uh, the original Star Wars and Empire in comics and things and. What do we call that? To, what do we call the period huh? between? What is there a name for the period between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens? Um, hmm. the, the happy times, New it, Republic years. But... That that makes sense, I guess. New Republic years. Oh, there's the stomach thing. But you know, you know what's funny is like people. I got that's not Anthony Daniels whatsoever in that. By the way, it's just no. like let's just throw a droid in there. <laughs> you know what's funny is people always that have been not happy with. Force Awakens or Last Jedi for various reasons of, of treatment of their characters or seeing what happens to them. It's like you realize if you ask for more adventures from them, their lot their their peaceful ending in lives gets tossed out the door, right? Like that's <laughs> Star Wars everything's fine, we're fine right now, is not what we want to see. Like I, I think I think the thing is that the people are saying that they want more adventures. The, the what we got is what happens after what people wanted. Right. You know, it's like Force Awakens should have been episode 10, really, because we're missing a whole yeah. backstory of trilogy that of all the story. And it wouldn't happen logically if this was made in, in real order. Uh, yeah. You know, if episode seven was made a long time ago, that would not happen. Yeah. So, so you know, you yeah. have to you have to account for these things and introduce new people, which presumably you'd like, which by and large people do like. So it's like, yeah. <laughs> so I feel like they should have been bold and just made the Force Awakens episode 10, even if the seven eight nine never oh just like just like legitimately call it episode 10 (laughs) yeah and just have lost chapters that would actually that would that would fit in the kind of the realm of pulp pulp storytelling yeah Uh, that's what this is the ugly ewok right there skunky one yeah (laughs) you know what there was like between like somewhere around between 2005 and or 2008 i i had read a report somewhere like a legitimate uh thing that somebody at lucasfilm had spilled some beans about it wasn't like a done deal, but Lucas was toying with the idea or been trying to make an episode, just an episode seven with, uh, you know, Luke, Han and Leia. But he was going to do it completely CG to the point of like waiting for the technology to be there for them to look believable and have Mark and and Harrison and Carrie voice them and mm-hmm. just see how that would do like a one off adventure. Huh. Um, but. Not, I'd never heard anything more from that, but I remember reading like a reputable, like it wasn't like just like some message board guy with some source inside inside information. It was actually reported in a couple places. That, hmm. that was so the you'd, they would have to act it out like Rango, and then they would animate it later. Right. That'd be but, interesting. I always but, thought that they should animate the the sequels because then they're not, you know. I don't know. Yeah. Imagine, game, imagine those age. complaints. Oh my god. Gosh. I think I, I've been a fan. I think they should do like you know the DC animated universes can do one-offs and weird things. I, I'd like to see an animated version of the like the Timothy Zahn trilogy, just to you know, just as a, like a collector item or something, just to see I, those play I, out I, in an I, animated movie. I won't put it past them at some point to do that. I mean, it's they're a, not going to right now. No. It's a, yeah, but, but it's a matter of time. It's something to be neat to see. Not that version, but something like it, I think. Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah, do their own spin on it. Yeah. I've always wanted an animated Shadows of the Empire and have them voice it because obviously they were too old. 
but I thought that yeah. would be really cool to see as a cartoon. I mean, they've got yeah. enough sound alikes and vo- vocal act- voice actors doing the characters in various forms anyway. Probably wouldn't be too hard these days. Yeah, they have yeah. not you and McGregor, you and McGregor. Uh, doing the Obi Wan on the animated Clone Wars, and you'll just get Rebels. James Arnold Taylor. will do all that, yeah. right? Yeah. And Mark Hamill voices Luke in the the Forces of Destiny cartoons. Oh, that's cool! I didn't know that. Yeah, your only problem would be you know people who are deceased in Harrison Ford, because Billy D he's voiced Sh- Lando in cartoons. Hey, Shadows of the Empire. There's no Harrison Ford there. Yeah, he doesn't, exactly. <laughs> he didn't have to. Do that's it. true. Yeah, and you know, just get I don't know. Weird Al to do Prince Shizor and you're set, right? So it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> what if that cha- what if that happened? And Weird oh, Al as Prince Shizor. <laughs> yeah, but there's a, there's a lot of those legend stories that would work. But did anybody get as mad at the the, the expanded universe books as they did of, like Last Jedi? Because there were some garbage books. Like I oh, I, I read them the- back in the day because I grew up during the you know, not cool period of being a Star Wars fan between like Return of the Jedi and Phantom Menace, where all we had was like books and the video games and stuff. I, I, I just remember the one they killed Chewbacca, and I was yeah, like, I remember you know what? that. I, yeah. I, I'm not reading any of this crap. <laughs> it's like, right. I, I think, mean, there was I, I the Zon books were good, but then there was just like that Jedi Academy trilogy. I just wasn't into. I think the, I think the difference there is that you know they're books. Like as much outrage right. as you can have, it's not like they're. They're, they're not, never really counted. They're not. Yeah, they're not. They're like they're kind of. They exist as like half real to people, and obviously yeah. they're not seen. They're not read on a massive scale in the same way that the movies are seen. So it's like there's less. Right. And, and also it's a pre-internet or at least a less internet age. So there's not like. Yeah. There's, there's not groups right. of uh, there's not groups of racists you can join with. Too. It's right. like, yeah, the Star Wars books are like Disney's. It's like pre-Disney direct to DVD. You know, yeah. like all those sequels. Yeah. It's yeah. Just, it was it was throwaway. Yeah, I don't. Return I don't. Of Jafar. Yeah, I, I, growing up, I loved Return of Jafar. I was like, this is a great companion. I can watch both of yeah. these. Uh, I couldn't take it. I was like, the animation was just too too crappy. I haven't I watched it, it in like twenty years, so I I I, I probably yeah. agree with you at this point. But I mean, at the same time, I was like, I really like this story. This is fun. They pulled it off. Yeah. And then it was like Homer Simpson as the genie. I was like, uh, no, I can't do this. Yeah. And <laughs> oh, then, look at me. Oh. And then he came back. And then Robin Williams came back for but, King of King of Thieves, and I was like, oh, yeah. okay, that's nice, I guess. But I never like. I never liked that movie as much as I like Return of Jafar. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the books, yeah, they, I don't know, there's people like hardcore on those books. I'm like, you realize you've always, your dream was to have these Star Wars movies and now you're mad that they're making them because books that never counted in the first place, like, they, did they entertain you? Yes. Then your time wasn't wasted. Sorry, they're not canon anymore, but no one wants to step into that and try to adhere to everything. Hold the phone. I just found this out. John Williams' son, Joseph Williams, is the lead singer of Toto. What? And he collaborated on part of the score and wrote the lyrics for the Ewok songs? What? Yeah. um, So he erased his own son's yub-nub? That's sad. That's... Slow, did, George. Well, Slow. Didn't his son have any something to do with uh, Jedi Rocks, too, or no? Oh, well, then he I deserved be, to have it. I, I, no, be, was, <laughs> I think that was... No, I'm, I might be mistaken. Regardless. Yeah, his, son, this rev- his son did work on the, the score. I didn't uh, know he was the singer of Toto, though. That's, that's, that was, that's a surprise. Wait, what's Toto? Uh, Africa. Africa. The reigns of Africa. You'll hear it later. You'll be like, oh, that's I all. I guess it rains. 
They're smoking Ewok. I, 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 I love this scene, by the way. I love this. It's I like, love this oh, recounting yeah. of the trilogy from the oral, the, you know, the, 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 the oral stories being passed here. It's just really, I mean, this movie really does have a good sense of conclusion to it throughout. Like it's, it's nostalgic it in the right feel, places. It, no, it right. does. Yeah. It doesn't feel like an eighties movie. Like the way the other eighties movies feel like eighties movies. You know, Like this feels like it's still a, kind of timeless when you when you watch labyrinth or the dark crystal it feels like an 80s movie yeah i agree this is different well, yeah this is this is this would be a companion to that period of like dark crystal labyrinth all those the hempton projects but this one doesn't feel like it yeah it's because lucas my marquand by extension i mean and cast him in the writing and just these actors and the amount of work that goes into bringing this level of spectacle to life, it just feels so, like, unique. Like, it, it just feels so above everything else um, mm-hmm. in its own in its own way. It's it's why, like you mentioned already, it's why movies copy these movies, because they're shining examples of what they can be, um, regardless of when they came out and what effects were available at the time. They do everything in the way that you'd want something like this to, you know, happen more or less, regardless of well, what they were constantly might be. Constantly pushing the limits creating like new effects like setting the standard and like acing it every time out and i i wonder what the phantom menace would be seen as if we didn't have the matrix like a couple months before it that blew everyone's mind with effects which I, the phantom menace is still impressed i think jar jar binks regardless of thoughts on the character is still an impressive feat technology especially at the time no for sure have a character with them well it's a it's a fantastic display of a uh, mix of practical and visual effects i mean we've mm-hmm. talked we talked about this on those commentaries too but like i mean phantom menace has more practical effects than all three of these movies combined so it's like it's, right. it's not like they weren't trying things and pushing boundaries exactly like you're saying but, um, yeah and star wars always is supposed to be, like it's supposed to be that but beyond film that you know thing that pushed film that film technology so like when a new one comes out you know you want to expect that to not only give you that the story but you want to see some special effects that act always groundbreaking but push to some level which um you know i like force awakens but that really does more with just saying hey look we can make things look kind of old but doesn't really bring new to the table yeah, it's, it's less new. about it's ambition and more about <laughs> it, it's it's less about ambition and more about reestablishing what worked Um, with, you know, a a shiny new layer on top of it, as far Mm -hmm. as characters and visual effects go. So this part of the film is where Luke and Leia are talking about their mother, and it always kind of just, the the prequels just never lived up to this. No, it's like he ignored the scene. Yeah, and it's like she was, she died when I was very young. I just, ah... I don't like these. She always seems sad. I she mean, always seems sad. Like, I, well, I mean, I'll, I'll put I, I'll put it this way because I I would agree. Yes, that the prequels don't it, Revenge or Revenge of the Sith specifically doesn't exactly, you know, cater to this scene. But I, I if there's a way to explain it, I would say it has to do one with Leia being force sensitive and just kind of having, I think, a, an extra level of memory that might not be associated with knowing her in person, but more. Or just, she's talking about Mrs. Organa. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get there. Let me finish. I. I, 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 I she died on Alderaan on in a new hope. Yeah. She got blown up. I think. <laughs> I, I think there's. I think there's something to the idea that Leia is much like Luke, 
um, as far as having this kind of extra sense to her that she hasn't quite, you know, realized, obviously, at this point. But also, yeah, I think the idea of growing up with Bail Organa and his wife, like, that's, you know, you're young and you don't know somebody. You might have, like, memory kind of takes over. It takes new shape. I mean, look at, like, Memento, Brandon. I mean, we talked about that word. Yeah. Where it's, you know, memory is not reliable necessarily. And if it gives you a comforting feeling for her to say, I knew my mother as this kind of thing, because that's the kind of the memory I have, regardless of how true it is or not. I think it makes a level of sense. Right. But Luke asked your real mother, you know, he, he made a, a, an effort to clarify that. Again, not... even even then, I mean, she's still reaching back to things that she just doesn't quite know. And that's the sense that she gets from it. Yeah, where you're you're giving them excuses now. <laughs> I mean, I am, but I mean, I think it. I think there's a, a, a logic to it, especially the force. No. I think the force aspect, especially. Uh, she's just the kind of a, a newbie in that sense right now. I mean, she she has the force, but she, I don't know about the what? mother thing. I, I mean, th- we see her she, use the force in in Empire Strikes Back. She, yeah. she, she has the force she in more she, in more of a psychological sense than a physical yeah, one. She doesn't mm-hmm. know it. She doesn't know she has it. Which is why I think she doesn't she doesn't know know how to interpret what's going on in her mind as far as when she thinks back to the past and could, you know and being in the womb but having a sense of who her mother is that kind of thing. Anyway, Han's gonna be a dick right now. <laughs> it's, I like just Han's frustration. It's like, I don't know what's going on here. You're upset. I don't know what to do. I've been frozen in carbonite. I just need some loving. Now, why do you think uh, Leia can't tell Han what's going on? Would she afraid that... Uh... I, I never quite understood. I, I, th- I get it. I, 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 think I, but... it, I think it's a, it's a matter of... Not like... Not a she pu- needs to figure out herself. Yeah, not a, it's not a, not a not a yeah. puberty thing, but like the, the a similar kind of response where it's like there's a lot of changes and understandings and things that are coming inside of me that I don't quite get right now as far as who this it, this new thing that it's kind of awakening within me. Right. Well, I just think dialogue wise, she would be yeah. more in tune with like I don't know what's wrong right now. Or if I tell him, he might think I'm gross because I kissed him in the last movie. <laughs> yeah. My father is Darth Vader. Ah. Ah, the shuttle Tidarium. Yeah, they went shuttle crazy in this movie. Mm-hmm. I like yeah, this is the first appearance of those shuttles, and then they add one back in Empire yeah. using footage from this movie. I um for a long time I ever, I failed to see that walker that's just kind of walking yeah, down. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a later on when you're watching the, like, oh, yeah. and then yeah, I, I at. and then I um what I never one thing I never realized also is that oh Luke's getting off of that walker? That's something I, I picked up on later. Like the right here, this set mm-hmm. behind them. That's supposed to be the Adat. Like that's for some reason. That yeah, they didn't click to me for the longest time that that's an Adat right there that he just walked out of. <laughs> they picked him up from the bottom of the forest. I just well, I, him up. well, I just thought it was like some other like I never really thought thought yeah, too hard I, about it. You never connected the dots. Well, then it's but a poorly constructed the, scene. Yeah, that's the inside of the Adat. Or ATAT, whichever you prefer. Yeah, there's the head on the left side of that column. Yeah, it's it's like it's obviously more apparent to me now, but it's like the long as I just didn't really think about it. Thanks, Blu-ray. Yeah, <laughs> I like uh, Vader's very kind of. He gets a little angry right there, Luke, for using the name Anakin. <laughs> Luke's like, don't point that thing at me. You might actually ignite it. 
Well, I love this when he's like ignites it behind him. It's like, ooh. He's always just checking it out. Okay. New lightsaber. That was one of the edited scenes, right? Where he was finishing building this thing. That yep. was like a deleted and, scene. And it was like an there. urban legend for years. Like, no, that doesn't exist. That's just like a fan wish thing. And it was like, oh, it exists. That and the sand, the sandstorm, but the sandstorm there was a picture in like the storybook for it. Yeah, yeah. And then Hasbro went ahead and made toys for those for that sandstorm scene. That's, oh, basically Chewbacca with a very windy, <laughs> windy look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't actually. Oh, you know, I don't even remember if they made a Chewbacca, but they made a Han and Lando in that. With the towels on their heads or from their yeah, faces. Yeah, the, the goggles and the, the... Yeah. Yeah, I remember when they, they the video leaked from them showing that scene at, like, Celebration. And I got so annoyed because, like, they're showing the scene and you can't, you cannot hear anything over, like, these people, fans howling. I'm like, how are you <laughs> enjoying this scene? Wait till after it's over. <laughs> This is what I'm so talking about all, with you, Hamill, by the way. I think just the way he's kind of looking at Vader and reading him and responding, it just feels like he's, he's yeah. excelled a lot as an actor because he can make that work. Yeah. His haircut's like the uh, the prototype for all the Stranger Things haircuts. <laughs> Do Hamill and Jedi on everyone. Prowse is killing it too, by the way. Just these, like, the way he's moving is for, you know, Vader, I mean, there's a motion there that's surprising to read off of it. That We're already to the final battle. Like, it's, I mean, that Jabba stuff is a chunk. If you take and... the, the, the basis of what Return of the Jedi really is, it's not long. Well, it's that and, like, the wandering through the Ewok stuff a little bit. And then, like, mm -hmm. yeah, this, this last I mean... 45 minutes is all action, basically. Aaron, you brought up David Prowse. we got to give credit to peter mayhew who's just you know like if you just watch the whole all the all these movies just watching him mm -hmm. he's just reacting to everything oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's really cool and i i give props to the new actor that's playing chewbacca because I, I really like chewbacca in these new movies like they, yeah. they're utilizing him very well like they haven't, yeah. it'd be easy to sidestep him because you want to get these legacy other legacy characters in that are played by harrison ford mark hamill and carrie fisher they're like no they've they've done well by chewbacca as well i can tell when it's the new guy who has a very star warsian name himself yeah oh, is it yeah. junus suatomo or yeah. so yeah. Right. It's, it's like it sounds like a Star Wars character. Well, yeah. and you know it's also funny, like like Mark Hamill before, but like Daisy Ridley has really good chemistry when it comes to like creatures and droids and stuff. So does yeah. so does uh, so does John Boyega and yeah, so Boyega does, and, yeah. and Oscar Isaac. He's he loves that droid. <laughs> he loves VB8. That's for sure. No, I think I think that's a big part of it too. It has to be. I mean, Oscar Isaac, I think is pretty capable but the other two they're you know they're newer at this but that mm -hmm. had to be part of the kind of casting process of seeing how well they do against things that aren't there or things that are not human beyond just chemistry tests b-wings were just introduced and i love b-wings they're my favorite yeah. star they're my favorite yeah. uh, starfighter ships so. that's the one like bonus feature like extra scene that i wish they put back in in a special edition was more b-wings <laughs> They leave you just wanting more. 
<laughs> All these blinks. We'll <laughs> <laughs> do it real quiet, like. <laughs> so we're just watching. Yeah, pretty much, because it's, it's just yeah. like this is about to happen. I love the logic that the Ewok's gonna get on this thing, and then all of the, like all of the guys need to go except one. <laughs> he's well, like, well, he, because his is he stole his. He doesn't have a speeder bike. Yeah, yeah, he, he stole his exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh no, they stole one of our bikes. One of those cute bear things. All of us need to go and attack him. You would think that they could just call like another perimeter guard or something that like, hey, look, be on a lookout for an Ewok on a speeder bike. You think any number of things could happen to solve the situation? Besides, mm-hmm. we need to chase him down and shoot him. That's that was their that was their solution to this. I love that when he waves his little heart and a turn. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose if you're like, I don't know, like a teenager watching this for the first time in the theaters, you're like, what's all this bear stuff? And then you see, like, the, you see, it's like, oh, and he rode the speeder bike too. Uh. I thought it was awesome. There's Rex. <laughs> there he <it> is. <laughs> a grown up clone. Grown old. He made it. <laughs> Little did we know, Boba Fett and him look alike in this movie. Alright, they're in the bunker and we transition back to Death Star. Incomplete Death Star. So we haven't talked about the Death Star much. This thing is huge. <laughs> it, yeah. is, it is 460% bigger than the last Death Star. <laughs> it's a big Death Star. This is Death Star 1. And this is Incomplete Death Star. I, I, people, you know, complain about that and they complain about it with Starkiller Base too. And I, I can get it, I guess, more of a star. But, I mean... From a storytelling standpoint for a film, yeah, I get that it might seem kind of lazy, but logistically... It's it's lazy. It is, but logistically, if you have a weapon that destroys planets, you don't just stop making that weapon because they destroyed it. You you make it again, right? I mean, like... Yeah, when your first tank blows up, you don't stop production on tanks. Tanks tanks are out, guys. We lost one. But I think that's that's the thing is that you shouldn't have one blown up in episode six and then have another one blown up in episode seven. No, that I that I can agree with to an extent, but I mean you know what they're trying to do in that movie. Right. Like, I mean, I, I like the I know. And I, I mean, I think it's whole... it's a little more unlikely that they blow up an entire planet, even though they did find a way to blow up an entire planet. So. I mean, if it was episode 10, I would just be way more happy with Force Awakens. And even then, Starkiller, it was more luck than anything that they got to blow up, like, a big hole where they needed to, so Poe could fly. And they, it's like a matter of, we happen to have explosives, and we happen to have, like, the best damn pilot in the galaxy flying around at the time, and he got to go in the hole, and he blew everything. Like, it just, it worked out. But that's Star Wars in general. It's all, right. it's, it's a lot about luck in all these movies. And they, they all went with uh, with Finn's plan, but he didn't really have a plan. Yeah, there's no plan. They're winging it. They're winging it more than Luke was at Jabba's Palace. Yeah. It's not how the Force works. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're cold? That's my favorite line in that entire movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just the way the way he, he stops to, t- to turn to Chewbacca. Oh, you're cold? <laughs> Yeah, we have to say, like, Harrison, the way he just turned it back on again, 
mm-hmm. or Force Awakens is pretty incredible. That's because he's a good actor. I mean, you you give him the oh, yeah. you give him the material, he can turn on the charm. It's not hard. Like he's charming when he's grumpy. So like if he's playing, right. he's going back to a character again. He can respect that process. Yeah, it's just it's funny because in real life he's not as charismatic and yeah, he's just chill. He's chill. I mean, he's there's an inherent charisma, which is you know why he's been able to do this for so long. But yeah, obviously I mean, he's, he's not playing up the like let me be Ponsolo in life. I mean, or he's in, got like he's got a lot of the like characteristics like of like a Bogart, but yeah. with his own his own style. He's kind of like a next level. Yeah, and he's also presumably not. Bogart's got some things going on in his personal life that don't make him the best right. of people. <laughs> I was talking about on screen. I know presence. what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, screen presence wise. Anyway, Hamill's holding his own here against McDermott and uh, and you know Vader. And that's another thing that was always weird about the Revenge of the Sith was Palpatine's makeup after he gets scarred. It just didn't yeah. seem to match. No, the... it didn't. Yeah. But it was a, a younger iteration of it. Yeah. He, he aged into his... Uh... But then they replaced him in Empire with that same makeup. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like the yeah, the episode one Yoda was awful, too. And they finally replaced that one with the CG Yoda. That's but... weird that that was so bad, the, the, yeah. the episode. It was yeah. like, how do you mess... I mean, where's Oz in this one? Like, Oz should have called... Oh, Oz should have called Lucas and like, what are you doing, guy? Like, yeah. We got a Sorry. perfectly good Yoda. I love this right here when he just tosses yep. the bomb at him. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 weird when they can't match things up when A, this is your company, and B, you're supposedly have like the best in the business working on this, and you come up right. and like, what is that? Oh, this is also cool to me. I love ships coming out mm-hmm. of hyper hyperspace. It's and like that's that's one thing I love in Rogue One where they have a like a camera on the wing of the ship. It's like that's cool to see it like go, oh, yeah. come out of hyperspace that way. Yeah. Like, that's a fun little idea. It's like what if we did that? What if we did a GoPro on here? <laughs> I love the, the the intensity of Last Jedi when the first order comes out of hyperspace and it's like whoa oh yeah the the, the star destroyers are coming out yeah like bullets like poof, like just just arriving yeah, yeah. they have this like real loud sound oh man uh-huh. so this is the beginning of the the space battle let's talk about these pilots and yeah no they have some girls and uh dubbed by men and uh yeah so and still alive by the way still alive that's right Akbar is it, but back, Neon, back Neon, on that Falcon. Neon Nub is back on the Falcon, exactly. Yeah. I uh, I love that the Falcon's so much more effective in battle because they have like literally everyone they can helping out this time around, and not just like two guys. Yeah. <laughs> right. Not just like a couple a couple guys like holding the controls and barely making it to the the, the turrets to shoot. <laughs> It's like, no, now we have, like, 50 guys on this ship so we can actually use the Falcon to the best of it. And Lando knows, because he know, he's owned this ship. He knows how this thing right. works. <laughs> it's like, yeah, Han and Chewie can just do their thing, or I can staff it up appropriately and we can use this thing to the best of its abilities. You know, yeah, the, one of the scenes that was cut out was Lando coming on the ship and it's like, I'm home. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that happened in the end of episode five. Uh-huh. They cut, yeah, it was, it, was, it was too positive during a dark part of the movie. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Chewie. that's why he was so smiling at the end of episode five. Exactly. Like, Chewie, where are Han's vests? <laughs> where are my vests that he stole from me and started wearing ever since? <laughs> I'd rather wear this cape, but I'll put on this vest. 
So maybe Luke should just turn the lightsaber towards Emperor. <laughs> yep. No, he, he doesn't do dirty pool. It's always two against one. That space battle seems so far away. I was, about, I was just about to say the yeah. same thing. Maybe because the Super Star Destroyer is like so small. It's like, well, if that's small, then everything must be really far away. And it's funny because that episode one is is basically copying Return of the Jedi 2 in the way that it, well, that it, it adds ended. one bit. Yeah. It, it's because it, you go from the original has the, the Death Star battle. You have the escape from Cloud City and Luke and Vader fighting an empire. Then you have the shield generator, the space battle and the uh, lightsaber battle going on here. And then then you have the lightsaber battle. Padme trying to reclaim her throne, the, the Gungan thing going on with the balls and then the space battle. Yeah. And the space battles arguably the least exciting part of that movie. Yeah, I really wanted more space battle in that movie. Yeah. It's, and those ships are so shiny too, it'd be nice to see it. But then you know, yeah. you, you, it, by the time you get to Sith, it's like, well, they're not as shiny anymore. <laughs> Everything's kind of in it. Well, I mean, the, the space battle on that one's almost just cartoony. No, oh, it is. It's like, like it, it's like it's almost an anime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never liked those pilots in episode 1. They always talked kind of weird. Yeah, they all talk weird, and the, the ships they're fighting are like, really seriously, this is what. <laughs> it seems like it's their first time out, which makes sense. They're from a royal area that doesn't really deal with this kind of nonsense. <laughs> right. Those ships are they're they're Lexuses. They're not uh, they're not you know they're not Porsches. <laughs> uh, I saw I saw an arrow fire before the guy set set the fire. Mm. He was nervous. <laughs> Boom! Just, kicking him just, down, Leia. Yeah, Leia. Just, stack, <laughs> just stack shooting people. <laughs> Chewie's broken like 14 necks, by the way. They don't show it, but he is. There should be like more arms just thrown apart. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> the, 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 the foliage is covering all of that, but yeah, it's there. How do people know how strong Ewoks actually are, too, you know? I mean, they, like, they managed to kidnap Luke and Han and, tie, and Chewie and tie them up. and They went willingly, though. <laughs> I mean, I think it's a, a body proportion thing. I mean, that's the thing is, like, so many people think Ewoks uh, are, like, nice and friendly. They're killers. They're, they yeah. have skulls on their heads. They're, they eat meat, too. They're not vegetarian. They were going to eat humans, yeah. Yeah. Well, Brandon, if this was a darker and grittier movie, they'd totally show them stabbing into the stormtroopers more violently. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's, like, you it's, like, it's like shell food for them. Shellfish. <laughs> Man, if blood's not squirting out of the air, uh, when the arrow hits the stormtrooper, I just don't. Man, it takes me out of the movie. <laughs> That's the one thing that I, I kind of agree with. Like their arrows should penetrate their. their I mean, you can only show so much in this whole sequence, and they got yeah. rocks. Oh, I, I guess you I, could aim for the neck. I don't know if anyone's playing uh, Battlefront Two, uh, but they had they put out an Ewok like mini mode uh recently yeah. that was really interesting is, is it hard is it difficult it it's neat where so you start out as a stormtrooper and it's dark and it's in first person mode and you have a flashlight and it's it's it'll run out of battery eventually you got to turn it off and turn it back on to recharge the battery and if and but because you're first person and it's dark your perspective your depth perception is really limited and so 
there's like one other player that starts as an Ewok and they'll come around like assassinating the stormtroopers and if you die you become an Ewok and so it's like it's really fun <laughs> but also it's neat like I was curious like are they going to show you like killing Ewoks if a stormtrooper is like yeah you do they just kind of like bounce away when you shoot at them <laughs> they don't want to it's Disney so he's like you don't want to like really violently show Ewoks getting blasted by stormtroopers <laughs> but it's fun and you throw like rocks or you throw like what amounts to a can of bees, but it's like a, bunch, a swarm of something to get on, like on the stormtroopers and stuff. Right, they had that in the Ewok movie. Yeah, it was like a. It's There's fun. A girl. It, it's a fun mode. Here's Wedge being a great pilot. That's another thing I, I didn't really care for in the Force Awakens is that you have all these ships in Return of Jedi and they just kind of disappear in the. Force Awakens. It's been thirty years, sure. man. You know. Yeah, but just X wings. You know. <laughs> Come on. They like you know, Cantabite was only their their suppliers weren't that high that day. <laughs> <laughs> they got some A wings in the in the interim. Yeah, they were just holding on to them. They put it. They put them in storage. So you know they'll come back. This guy has no rank. Yeah, he's just extra <laughs> <laughs> and he's like straight up american good our first catch of the day <laughs> something that does frustrate me is the amount of time that people spend watching battles happen and seeing ships being destroyed <laughs> so it's like dude you're losing ships here we're wasting time that's what I keep thinking every time I watch The Last Jedi. It's like, Ray's watching a lot of these ships get blown up while, while waiting for this whole thing with Snoke to go down. Yeah, but what, she can, what can she do? She's, Nothing she can do, actually, but like... He, he controlled her over to watch it. It just it doesn't look like there's that many ships. So it's like every time I see one, it's like, oh, that's another part of the route. That's another part of the resistance that's, how that's good gone. That's Johnson is. <laughs> that's so good, because you're like, oh, no. I know. I feel really bad. <laughs> that battle station's operational. I love watching the uh, the Mon Calamari in the background. They're just pushing a bunch of buttons. Yeah, <laughs> this is back when you just had like space buttons everywhere. It was like, yeah, just put yeah. some lights up there and switches. Oh, those extras got their money's worth. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> when I when I when I found out that some of those stormtroopers that are on the ground are actually painted, I was like, what? Yeah, there's some clever stuff done. <laughs> So that would kill you. Got shot in the eye. Yeah, it probably would be good. Hey, oh, so um, when when Leia gets shot in the arm, not yet, but tell me if if Harrison Ford grabs her boob. Are you gonna, just, are it, you gonna it, like avert, avert your eyes from it or? No, no, no. It just <laughs> looks like it just looks like he oh. he goes for a grab. Like he, uh, I just thought it was funny. <laughs> Just look for it. They shot, okay. the, they shot the chosen one right there, by the way. Like, R2-D's just trying to save the day again, as he's done in all of these movies. And then they, like, you know, that's where I got nervous. <laughs> I don't like seeing R2 get in danger. He's the chosen one. Oh. Oh, they killed Skunky Walk. Oh, no, they killed the, yeah. They take casualties. I thought the front one on the front was supposed to be the dead one. No, it's Skunky Walk. I mean, when I was a kid watching oh, okay. for the first time, the, the where the blast was compared to where yeah, the and it's really sad. He's looking Aww. at his dead friend. They show stakes. It's... Yeah, Ewoks aren't—they're vulnerable. They can be killed. 
as badass killers as you see them, they still can be killed. I guess Death Star doesn't really need to charge, huh? It just kind of can go whenever it wow. wants to. I was always thought it was weird that you never see the front of the Millennium Falcon through the cockpit. It's like this whole left hamburger thing. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, yeah. it's a weird ship. There goes Black Guy. Um, it's, uh... <laughs> His name is Grizz, man. Of course it is. <laughs> I, I love these tie interceptors that they introduced in this movie. Where's dot com, by the way? Um, anyway, no, there's a lot of new <laughs> ships and new, oh, new, hel- new helmets. Yeah, they just went all out in this one. I wonder how what Vader's thinking. He's like, uh, if Luke says yes, is, is Palpatine just going to kill me now? We didn't know the rule of two back then. <laughs> but we do now, and it's making me think. That what? That um, either Vader wants this to happen, or he wants Luke to do this to get, to get rid of Vader so he can have Luke? Here's the thing. They both do. The Emperor wants him to I know, kill right? Vader, and then Vader wants him to kill the Emperor. That is something I like when I watch Empire now, knowing what we know, because he does say, like, we can rule the galaxy as father and son, and I think... Anakin still wants this whole thing going. He just wants to do it himself all the time. Like that, he hasn't changed. He, just, he hasn't changed he that much. Family. He just wants Aaron, his family back. Aaron. Yeah. Well, if it works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wasn't there? I think maybe this is another Gary Kurtz thing, but they had a plan for like to blow people's minds at the end of uh, this movie, where Luke wins, Emperor. Uh, and Vader are dead, and then he turns his sights on the rebellion to take control of the galaxy. Um, I don't know that one. I know the I know the one of the ones the ideas was that Luke was just gonna like that he wins, but he just kind of walks off like he's walking like uh, like John Wayne on like the in the searchers, mm. like just walks into the sunset. I love this bit. I, this is this is silly enough to be where it's like, wow, he wow, he knows what he's doing. Why would he go in upside down? I, <laughs> I do like that touch that they added that like Chewbacca is still standing on top and he almost falls over. Yeah, yes. that's just like little little things, little action beats like that. I love that. This action. is good fist pumping stuff right here, where it's like, now they're fighting with the chicken walkers. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of floating in there. Yeah, not the best mask on those he walks in there, by the way. <laughs> They're just pretty standard. <laughs> like, that one can't even close its mouth. <laughs> we missed it earlier. It was, a, it was a tree that got split open, and I was like, that's the best split open tree I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> So we, I think we missed the director, Richard Marquan, was one of the cameos in the ATST. Mm. Oh, okay. R- right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like when that one gets roped around the tree. It's yeah. like, oh, that sucks. That was almost cool. <laughs> but it should show him get sliced in half is yeah. what should have happened. <laughs> this is a great one, too. Smash! Yeah. I mean, we're cheering this on, but these are people getting horribly killed by these little bears. Right. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking, like, you should add, like, the blood spurting out because there's two people who just got creamed. Oh, yeah. Also, those chicken walkers are fragile. They just fall over All and right. blow up like that? Yeah. Olay's oh, oh, going to get shot, right? Okay, look, yep, look for... Oh, 
Look for Harrison's grabby hands. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh. I think he, I, it was an accident. He moved it really he fast. Just, he just moved his hands. She moved, and he didn't expect her to move, and he grabbed the wrong spot and moved over. <laughs> the the stormtroopers are trying to kill, but now when they have them surrendered, they they don't want to kill. They're them. they're not cold blooded murderers, David. <laughs> <laughs> They know the art of war. <laughs> they have them. Co they have them cornered. They don't. They don't. They don't know any better than to like make them surrender. I always know this is a commercial break right here, based off the VHS tape that I used to watch. It yeah, was, right here because yeah. it is a perfect commercial break. I have an idea. Commercial. <laughs> yeah, this was the KTLA movie. The other commercial is where they both draw lightsabers and then Murray's laughing for the first time. That's a good commercial break. Oh, yeah, 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 yep, where yeah. they cross in front of his face. Exactly. It's a perfect commercial break. Yep, I remember that. <laughs> Vader's, like, falling, and he's like, oh, I gotta keep this lightsaber pointed away from me when I fall. Yeah, sweet flips, though. <laughs> I remember at uh, Disney World, they had the, the little how movies are made or effects are made, and this uh, lightsaber battle was uh, about uh, editing. It was how they could cut an intense uh -huh. action sequences. Something I like about this fight, and I like this fight a lot. Um, oh, yeah. Especially towards the end of the, the John Williams score is fantastic. Is it? I mean, it's great throughout this thing, but the, just kind of the orchestral moment that pulls in the, the vocals. Um, but I, I love that this fight is... Where Emperor, it's Luke being so headstrong that he wants, just wants to get into battle. Here he's so reluctant to want to use the lightsaber, and yet it's still very intense. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want to be doing this right now. He wants to like use his words, and you know it's. I mean, we talk. We've talked about like the the kind of the samurai movie and Kurosawa influences before, and it, that, that's where it comes in here. Like as far as what this is really about—a battle of wills versus a battle of actual force. Right, it's the opposite of the Empire Strikes Back. Exactly, he's battle. he's he's yeah. wiser, and again, it reflects Mark Hamill as an actor, where I can believe this stuff. Like, and he's good at Empire, and I don't think he's not bad. I mean, he's not terrible in A New Hope either. He's just he's clearly no. he's clearly he's grown young. as an actor. Yeah, yeah. First throw, their first saber throw, right there. Yeah. What if he just caught it? <laughs> <laughs> now what? Yeah, he'll be like Anakin against Count Dooku. Cuts his hands off. <laughs> and then after Palpatine was like, do it. Squad at .06. Shields are great on that Falcon, that's for sure. Yeah. Wedge is just watching everyone else firing at other people. We're not getting, we're close to my moment, but not yet with the A-Wing, it's coming. <laughs> not too close? It's too close. Here's to Harrison Ford once again, yeah. uh, <laughs> playing on the radio with the Imperials. <laughs> they're all like, they're all giddy. I love yeah. I love. <laughs> <laughs> and here we're, we're gonna get the best Han like gesture ever he can do in this oh. scene right here. So were they, were they all gonna go out and high five? Is that why they? Just got everybody oh, together. Yeah. It's all worth it for this. Like, what yep. that whole thing. That has to be yep. like an improv on Harrison Ford's part, too. <laughs> like, I can't imagine oh, yeah. him instructing him to do anything like that. <laughs> it's like the one meme that uses the people use all the time. Because uh, it's perfect. It's, yeah. such, it's the cockiest thing. <laughs> this, yeah, this scene is all-time Star Wars moment. Yeah. So is this the first time Luke learned to shut himself off from the Force? 
so Vader can't see him. <laughs> I guess so, right? Because you know, it's like it's not a big room. Yeah, yeah. It's not, and there's not much like closed off space in here. He's just under the stairs somewhere. Like I could see your feet. Well, well he's, it's no, he's. Cl- I mean, very I, clearly, he's reading him because he discovers about his oh, sister. True, you're you're right. He's also not trying to necessarily find him. He's just kind of. You know, he's, try- he's well, trying he's to destroy trying to him. him. He's trying to, he's yeah, he's trying to piss him, him off. Now, yeah. yeah. But is this the first time Vader knew about the sister? Yeah. It's, yeah. Officially, I guess. He finds the one and, thing that'll get Luke to. And then he realizes, oh man, I've been a dick to her. <laughs> mm-hmm. I blew up her planet. I didn't blow up shit. It was just target. Yeah. <laughs> should, should we should we mention that Luke was was going to have a sister, but it was not supposed to be Leia. What? That was the plan that Luke was going to have a distant twin sister, and that was part of the, the this third movie that didn't that got changed. And then, and I just... yes, rumor has it that like uh, the Mara Jade character from the Zahn novels was based off Lucas' original plan for his sister. Uh-huh. Hmm, but they but get this, married, right? This the music but, yeah, that's going on right here is just so like Luke fantastic. always does. He hits on his sister. That'd be funny if it was just Luke and drag. Just yeah. the intensity of all this going on. I'm talking for oh, yeah. the scene. I mean, it's just so well done. Yeah. It's like Vader's not like you win, even though Vader could just like use some force choke and beat him back. Luke, this is just like when I was with Count Dooku. trying to think did we talk about this in the empire commentary or something like as far as the potential of some of these people turning to the dark side and how possible we thought it was because like right well this is mirroring the mace windu emperor Mm -hmm. anakin thing with okay so it throws it away does he get it back yeah. That was always the question, like, in the... Well, we see in uh, Last Jedi, he's got that saber. Yeah. Where do we see it? In the flashback. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. We could have got rid of it there. <laughs> he drowned his X-Wing. You probably could have probably got rid of that, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we never see him use it again, so... I want nothing to do with the Force. We played a lot great... of bombs! Such a great line by oh. Ian... The Soviet Jedi. Yeah. So oh, yeah. That yeah. was commercial break. Jedi. That it is a perfect line. I, I'd like to think that Chewbacca's right off screen saying, "You think you used enough dynamite there, Butch?" Yeah. That that, <laughs> that explosion should have killed them all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here we go. <laughs> oh shit. Me and Nub so excited. It's like I've always wanted to do this. And watching force lightning. Watching this for the first time, like I was thinking, oh my god, he can do this! <laughs> like, yes, it's, it's such a like what? That's dangerous, and it feels really terrible. What if he just fell over into that pit that Emperor Palpatine gets thrown into later? Yeah, it would be good. <laughs> but he he survives falls before. I think he managed it. Yeah. Although, where does that go? Like the the reactor? Is that the idea? Why do they put these things here? <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. Well, it's not done being built, right? That can't even be the reactor. He's not in the center of the room. He's on the side. He has a window. Where does that go? Now I'm curious. 
It's this little thin tower that's on the surface. Like, it's, it's, you really want to keep the boss man in that little thin tower? Like, it's the massive air conditioning set, I guess. That's probably what it, where it goes to. Oh, yeah. It's, this is throne room, but there's all these little walkways above, and it's always kind of a weird setup, to be yeah. honest. I mean, all of Star Wars has weird geography when you really try it. Like, the Falcon makes no sense when you look at those like those gun, yeah. those gun pods. It's like, how does this yeah. work? How does the yeah. gravity yeah. in this work? That? The gravity alone makes no sense to me. <laughs> like, they climb up and down, and then they're, like, sitting in chairs? It made sense in space, but, you know, when they're on Jakku, it's kind of weird. Somehow he got smudged all over his helmet after he took a fall. It's really dirty. Here comes everyone's favorite Darth Vader line. No! <laughs> that one? Yep. I can't remember if they left it in on this version. This is this is, a... this is so, like, William's music is so great, great in here. It just makes this oh, work yeah. so well. No. Ugh. They left it in. Oh God. They need to take that out. They took out Luke's no when he, in Empire, when he had that in the... Yeah. Theatrical cut of the special edition. I like how well this plays, um, but I and I but I I really like it like in context with the the prequels as well. Just like given the journey that these characters have been on, like it really is. A, it's same with like that Obi Wan Darth fight in in A New Hope, where it's like this has yeah, so I much forget. it has so much extra meaning because of the history between these people. I forgive you for killing children. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like the idea that like. You look at Anakin, like, having been with Palpatine for so long, and then he's like, you know what? Enough is enough. Just picks him up, <laughs> throws him out there. You've gone too far this time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it kill- got personal. He's killing my son in front of me and laughing about it. I just found out about him two years ago. Oh, all this space battle flying stuff. Oh, so good. Oh, well, oh, you, yeah. got, you got the rebel attack music and everything, too. It's like, yeah. It's like it's the movie's telling you you're you're no one's gonna get killed. <laughs> Just the way these ships move through all this is so like because it's so it's so claustrophobic and so it's like so tight. And, well, but you're the seeing, camera like, a... works more dynamic than it's ever been. Oh, for sure, because yeah. it can be. And, but just, like, seeing these little stray TIE fighters so you know just how dangerous it is to fly through this stuff, it's like, oh, my God, this is so cool. <laughs> uh... well, that's the one thing. I think... And, like, the Falcon, the... like, hits its, uh, its, its, uh, its satellite off right here and... But the computer-generated ones we've had, and the new ones, like, like Revenge of the Sith has a really good space battle. Well, the, the Attack um, of the Clones has that sweet battle with Django and Obi Wan. Oh yeah, yeah, Django and Obi Wan, and then it's a, it's that's that's the sound design more than the actual visuals, right. I'd say though. Like the Force Awakens, quote unquote, space battle on top of uh, the circular base. Wait a kinda... wait a minute, hold on, <laughs> this is about to happen. They put the the bridges lost his deflector shields, and Piet standing there. It's like, wait a minute, <laughs> what are you talking there about? The oh my god, this is so cool. <laughs> right here, just flies right into the bridge of this thing. This is the coolest thing. Like, how do you destroy the super star destroyer? This is how you do it right here, and it crashes. The whole damn ship crashes into the Death Star. Akbar's like, well, that's a win, right? <laughs> God, they're taking out our whole fleet. We just destroyed their biggest damn ship besides the Death Star. You know who also thought that was a cool thing? Poe Dameron. Poe Dameron. Po Dameron. <laughs> My dad did <Yeah>. that. <laughs> <laughs> he took a dreadnought. Look where it got him. Uh-huh. What? What happened? <laughs> 
What do you think? You know what might be funny? I always thought it'd be funny. Like, what what are those stormtroopers running out of there thinking as they're like, oh man, then they then they see Darth Vader being dragged. Guys, the boss like, is oh, down. We, what do we what do we, we do? We are effed, guys. Get out. <laughs> yeah. Throw away all your Nazi propaganda memorabilia. We got to get out. <laughs> How does Luke know that he'll die without his mask? He studied up. Because in the novelization, Obi Wan told him he was killed by the lava. He got he got more intel about this than he did on the Rancor. Because nah, he's more well, machine. Than I'd also i like I mean I think Luke's pretty smart about this. It's like I mean he's not wearing this for an aesthetic. It's like he's wearing this because it needs a breathing device. <laughs> it's just like when you open Grievous's heart, it comes. <laughs> Obi Wan learned that on the fly. He's like, wait, what? I can do that. <laughs> Where'd I'll... my eyebrows go? Ooh, put that back on. <laughs> I remember one time I was scared watching it. I was like, oh, it's going to be Hayden hiding Christensen, isn't it? going to open it up. It's going to be reshot. Well, they changed the color of his eyes to match Hayden Christensen. Yeah, when they got rid of his eyebrows. The, yeah, the eyebrows. Because they got burned off. Yeah, that makes, yeah they don't grow back. He only got he, his skin healed pretty good. He only got that one gash, and you know the giant dent in the side of his head. Right, <laughs> he looks like Humpty Dumpty did not break all the pieces. Son, never take the low ground. And he gained a lot of weight since then too. He's got to fill out the suit. God, he looks messed up. <laughs> Jeez. It's hard to watch this without imagining the harmonica sound. I've always <laughs> thought of that every time I see the breathing device of it's like it looks like a big harmonica. Do you remember that meme of Billy Joel that got <laughs> made to look like this? I think I remember that, yeah. Yes. Doctor Evil. Is that a tear down Luke's Oh, I never noticed yeah, the tears. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they added it in two thousand three. No, just kidding. <laughs> and now it's gone. Good moments again, and I like how it's not even like the end of the. I mean, it's you know approaching the end, but it's like mm -hmm. it's a big moment. But it's like we still got movie to go. We just killed off like both of the main villains. Now this is all just like really cool epilogue. Well, I love how the arc reactor once it gets blown up, it kind of collapses yeah. on itself. Yeah, but it's all, it's like such a quick little moment that you you can miss it if you because it's so like the space battles are so like kind of bit like they become more and more besides the point which is kind of why i like them they're so kind of even though the state anyway hold on right now because this shot is so fucking cool right here yeah. <laughs> just right there just like like explosion but no time for that we're getting out of here you see the explosion yeah. it looks all slow and then the speed kicks in as you see them passing quickly yeah, through it's... the corridor it's like oh yeah. something i like what i was saying about the space like uh like with the star killer base particularly I, I while I like more sp like the space battles are cool. What I kind of like about that one is how it's so kind of besides the points where it's like, yeah, that's happening. Also, Poe's doing his thing, but like we don't care about this. We care about the characters, and that's really what matters more. Um, I I get you can you can argue that yeah, it's not the best thing as far as not seeing a variety of ships like you have, David, or whatnot. But it's like yes, we're repeating the same plot, so we don't need to show it to its full extent. Like the first movie gave you everything you ever wanted in that Death Star trench run. Uh, as far as the kind of the stakes on hand or whatnot, by the time we get to Force Awakens, it's like, all right, yeah, there's another one of these. We'll, you know, do what you need to do, but it's not the, the focus of the story right now. I made a tourniquet for her arm. That's good. That's good. I guess we won. That's the look that Han has right there. <laughs> we did it. Yep. <laughs>
Yeah, Honda really doesn't, you know. You know, it's funny. There were people, there there were people that got upset with Empire Strikes Back because Princess Leia wound up with Han Solo and not Luke because there were, there was a triangle of people, you know, fans that wanted one with the other. And there's some really awkward moments in those early Marvel comics, <laughs> too, reflecting things like that. But that was a thing that people have forgotten about. Yeah, well, <laughs> can't please everybody. <laughs> I know, but people forget that th- sometimes things weren't, and they they seem to think like some, some like higher being came down and handed Lucas tablets that made this story, and then these like people making new ones have just screwed it all up. I'm like, no, they they're making it up just as George Lucas did. Well, it's the same logic as like movies used to be better. It's like you know they made plenty of bad movies too. It's just the good ones are the ones that you know stand the test of time. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> Here's your Yuletide well, log. Where he would have liked to have died. Watch starts like a it starts like a forest fire and kills all the whole planet. If yeah, if the, the remnants of Death Star two don't get it first. <laughs> so you, are, are, are you guys a team like Yubnub or team Redo? Oh, I love Yubnub. Uh, Yubnub is yeah, I, I, I love Yubnub, yeah. and I yeah, I'm not like horrified that they replace it, but I did like Yubnub, and I get that yeah. it's like a longer sequence, so they can't. Uh, Fit it like I, I like the 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 chorusy sound of yeah it building up to the end to to the credits like that's you know hinted at throughout the movie with the emperor's theme and everything else and it's like perfect conclusion. This is nice, but this is like we are the world. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not really it's not as rousing. It, it's not, it doesn't it, feel like it matches what what's come before. In the no, trilogy. it doesn't. Because right. by the time it gets to that you know the smash cut to credits, it do, it doesn't feel like it kind of earns. To that point, it just kind of like, well, I guess that's Plus, where Jar Jar is alive. Oh, those sub- are just ra- those are just soldiers. With the subtitle, no, he's up on the top. He says, "We so free." Oh, he's king now. That's <laughs> he, he, I he's mean, king. This is all just really super CG. It yeah. doesn't it doesn't fit the rest of the movie that way. When either. you're like, "Where's this place?" This must be that chorus not place well, we found out about an heir to the empire. It's cool. weird. It's I never read the books, but it's weird that I knew that was Coruscant when I watched this movie in theaters. The mm-hmm. um, the, re- yeah, the special they, I mean, edition because that it was part of the Monopoly game when they released it. See, I didn't like. It's, yeah, it, it's this weird chicken or egg thing with me in Star Wars. It's like there's so much stuff I knew even though I didn't really read any of the books. It's like why do I know Palpatine's a name? Why do I know Coruscant? Like I don't know why I knew these things when I watched some of these movies, but I, it's just like so invested in my mind apparently of just yeah. hearing Bo- things. In Boba Fett, Boba Fett was named in the holiday special and through like Han Solo going Boba Fett, Boba Fett, where? That's the only time they. Say his name in the original trilogy. Well, he's in like the credits. He's like listed or whatever. It's in the credits, but yeah. it's not like there. Plus, it's all the action and the, the too. toys too. I mean, the toys are yeah. So, uh, how many of those Endor soldiers hooked up with Ewoks after this party? <laughs> oh man, too many. Too many. <laughs> Even our two gets to dance. Wedge is there. Look at Wedge <laughs> having a blast. You know, guys, what Wedge? I think I'm gonna stay here, guys. <laughs> Go find the mouse. And I don't know. I don't know what Lando, what's going on with Lando, but suddenly Billy D. Williams forgot how to dance. Like that's just like he's just kind of, <laughs> yeah. he's just like clapping yeah. and like awkwardly shuffling. What the hell is that? <laughs> yeah. Who, who's this guy? I don't mind this. It doesn't bother me. I get it. I didn't. <laughs> it's, it's... Where's Qui Gon? <laughs> Luke doesn't know Qui Gon. 
<laughs> but since he's with, he's become good as an old man, he should be the old man version of Anakin. Yeah. Does that make sense? I mean, what he mean? Kind of, sort of directed by Richard Marquand. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the same as like Poltergeist logic. Like, yeah, Lucas was around. He, he was a very involved he, producer he, on he, this movie, and he did second unit stuff. But he's done that before. <laughs> But like, I mean, I, I'm not exactly giving Lucas credit for, you know, the directing the actors, because we know he's not that good at that kind of thing. So it's like, yeah, that's what Mark one did. That's the same with these Marvel movies. I mean, it's not like, the, you know, it's not like the Russos are going doing all these action stuff. That's previs and second unit guys. They're just putting mm -hmm. these characters together. Sebastian Shaw as Anakin Skywalker. Everybody's on frame at once. Yay. <laughs> we did it. We talked about this movie. It's a well shot movie. I mean, I think right. I think Emperor Empire still kind of is superior as far as the look of these movies. There's a lot more I don't know. Like a level of dynamism going on as far as the juxtaposition between the you know Hoth and Dagobah and Cloud City and whatnot, and just some of the use of shadows and what have you. But this, it's, it's you know, yeah, it's, it's a well-made. much more art. That was a much more artistic-looking film. The choices mm -hmm. in the the direction, the camera angles, all that. Especially kind of when you're going from Star Wars to Empire, it seems like there's a notable shift in kind of. Well, this one also played with a lot more like broad daylight natural yeah. settings with uh -huh. the special effects, mm -hmm. so. I mean, Hoth is completely white. I mean, it's Hoth, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know what you're. I know you're just saying though. Yeah, the movie's consistently bright as opposed to gloomy, like Empire is. Well, there's a lot more going on on the planet with like forest and stuff like that than just snow. Yeah, yeah. And just the nature of the story doesn't, you know, call for you know a level of duality right. between all of the characters and whatnot. Like it's it's hitting what it needs to. Look, do you notice how slow these credits are going <laughs> compared yeah. to credits these days? Mm-hmm. Well, there's not going to be like you know, three thousand uh, you know Asian visual effects right. designers that are working on this, so. right? Not all the Ewoks got credit. They would today. Oh. Today they get credit. Warwick Davis would make sure that he has like a whole foundation or whatever for making sure like a little people actors get like the, the credit they deserve and whatnot. The next next movie would be Caravan of Courage, a Star Wars story. <laughs> were those theatrical? I forget. They were in the uh, UK. in other countries. In other countries yeah. they were okay. Here there were T V big T V movies. There we go. Along with the animated series, right? <laughs> and that and dro yeah, droids and droids, yeah. Or as I like to say, my canon. <laughs> Well, yeah, your your ranking is Empire, Caravan of Courage, Star Wars, Droids. Uh, what's the what's the second one called? <laughs> uh, Battle for well, Battle Battle for Endor. I go back and forth. I go back. I go back and forth in Caravan of Courage and Empire. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, Battle of Endor is that's the better one, isn't it? The second one. Yes, Battle of Endor is the better. Because one. it horribly murders the family at the beginning and then moves on. <laughs> right. It's it's the weirder one because you have this these characters that are just weird star they're not normal to Star Wars. They're yeah. like they have magic and stuff and it's uh it's weird. It moves better than the it's, the first one is yeah. um the Hobbit, basically. Or like a 
yeah. bad Lost in Space episode or something. But the I think the first one is could be more uh, in canon. Like the stuff that you see in the first one is more in canon than the second one. The, yeah, the Battle for Endor is of course the last Jedi of, of, of Ewok movies, as we call it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, they both take place. They take place between Empire and Jedi. Uh-huh. So the, still, the Ewoks I have seen like humans them. before. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's what, yeah. That's where they see Leia, and they're like, oh yeah, one of these. <laughs> oh, they have cookies. Yeah, sure. Okay. I, I do love. Hey, how's Sindel doing? <laughs> Teak is awesome. Teak was in uh, the Star Tours ride. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They made it. In fact, like figure. all the people in the Star Wars Star Tours ride, the original and the film, like the how-to video and stuff, were taken from like Ewok movie costumes. And oh, like here's that. the Ewoks. Here's the Ewoks. Oh, here we go. So, yeah. so the one very on the top left, Margot Apostico, she works at Disneyland, so you can actually meet her uh, in Tomorrowland if you uh, if you go and spot her. There's a uh, Tony Cox at the bottom uh, left, right there. Yeah, and I think Debbie Carrington just passed away a few months ago. She was also also in Captain EO, which is a George Lucas production. Yeah, uh, Francis That's, Ford Coppola film. Yeah, that, I'm still curious where this fit, if that fits into the Star Wars universe at all. Oh, for, but... Of course it does. <laughs> yeah. Who who would not think this? <laughs> Jedi Rocks, composed by Jerry Hay. The dancers. Let's find out who these people are and what they've been doing since. <laughs> Lawrence Olivier was uh, rumored to play Palpatine, but he turned the role down. Huh. That would have been pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty Shakespearean. <laughs> All right. That's pretty epic. I mean, what was McDermott known? A Dragon Slayer. Dragon Slayer was his big thing. Okay. I mean, he's. I mean, he has other credits, obviously, but that was like the that was the one they noticed. As far as like, oh, we can give him something to do. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I remember I thought it was so cool in Phantom Menace when they was like, oh, it's the same guy coming back. That's amazing. Oh, yeah. Doug Jones is a negative supervisor too, and then he went to uh, fish in the. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> there's a lot. I, I mean, there's some other names like David Fincher's names in here somewhere. He worked on Return of the Jedi. I saw Tom McLaughlin. I don't know if that's the same as the director Tom McLaughlin, who did. Uh... He did uh, Friday the Thirteenth, uh, Jason Lives, and mm. some some other. Oh, you mean little... the best one? Yeah. <laughs> this music. I mean, every time this music is so good. Like, I get it's barely on, just so I can kind of hear it while doing this, and it's like it's still getting me. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, mine is completely silent. I have just, I have it on like the lowest just but I can hear like the drums and everything. It's like oh my god, we did it, guys. We talked about Return of the Jedi, all about it. Yes, we did. Can't untalk about it. Uh, but is no. There, is, is there anyone left listening to us? I think they all jumped. Oh, I, I I always applaud any listener that sticks to our commentary tracks. They seem to be popular, so that's why we keep doing. They, they all stopped when Aaron said we are all pro Last Jedi here. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we lost three fourths of the viewership. I um, almost made that comment back then. <laughs> but uh, no, yeah, this is this has been fun. Let's uh, let's wrap things up here. When where can people find more of your guys' work online? Let's start with David. David. Well, I, I write for EndorExpress.net, which is specifically Star Wars theme park kind of things and Star Wars experiences, but also Marvel, Pixar, Disneyland, Universal Studios, Hollywood, Jurassic Park, Harry Potter, all that kind of fun stuff. So Heard of it. Find me there. Yeah. All right. Brandon Peters. 
Oh, uh, Cult Cinema Cavalcade, which is cultcinemacavalcade.com. Um, on all the social medias, CC Cavalcade. And we're currently talking, we're doing a, a month called Tro May, doing all the Toxic Avenger films. But we will have a uh, Star Wars episode up for the short film Troops <laughs> back in the day that will uh, be up the same day Solo comes out. So look out for that. Awesome. You can find me at WeLiveEntertainment.com, YSOBlue.com, and on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. You can find this podcast and regular episodes over on iTunes and on Audioboom. You can email us at OutNetPodcast.gmail.com or our Facebook page, Twitter page. we got all that. You know where you can find us. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening to our Return of the Jedi commentary track. This has been a lot of fun to do. Thank you, David and Brandon, for joining me for this. No problem. And, uh, yeah, until next... I mean, we got a solo... Solo's coming out like a week from now, so that'll be a fun episode to do for sure. Uh, but, yeah, until next time, uh, that's going to do it. So, so long and goodbye. Hula wang, chukutiki, pa-pa, tangerin, pa-tai,